like, well, everybody compares it to tomatoes and 51126 is a tomato feed. So let's try this out. This shit works better than, you know, cannabis specific ones. So it was, but Rodan basically like yanked the leash back and said, no more cannabis visits. You guys aren't allowed to go into these places. Like we don't want to deal with any lawsuits. So there was like a point where they told me, hey, just sit on the couch. Our biggest objective was calling. And Arroyo drives that more than it drives you. So we're all true smokers at heart. We just want to grow good weed. You can kind of see how things start building here. And we're, the envelope's really getting pushed forward. Every month we're talking to Arroyo and saying like, this is what's working, what's not working. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back, man. It's first smoke of the day, episode 82. It's your boy Pack in the building. I'm here with my co-host Black Leaf. As Big always. crop steering. And today we got a we got a lot of knowledge <laughs> for you guys, a lot of information. And you boys have been um on a travel on, on journey from Jersey. Yeah. And now Jersey. you made it. And yep. we're about to get a crack. And Ramsey and Josh, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys for having us on. Yeah. Appreciate you guys for joining us, man. So talk to us a little bit. Talk to us a little bit what you guys got going on out here right now. All right. Well, I mean, most recently, our biggest event is that we released our fertilizer, JR Crop Tech. Um, Josh is really the brains behind a lot of the formulation and everything else that came with it. Um, I think that's what's uh, drawing a lot of attention. I think we're also pretty well known for the crop steering, obviously, you know, the uh, coming in there and helping advance using substrate sensors to kind of control the development of your your crop basically and get different outcomes for the the multitude of different service uh, you know scenarios that you could be growing in um so i think that's kind of a uh, some of what we've been splashing in but if you want to give them a little bit of the journey of getting to uh the formula a little bit i don't know if everybody knows who josh is or not but um you know we've been kind of connected for a really long time at this point yeah yeah as far as the fertilizer goes um i mean we really long time ago i i'd it found like you know peter's 51126 or something like that and like I, I think the very first run i ever did in a garage when i was like 18 or whatever was with the with the the uh it's like the advanced connoisseur or whatever the or or ph perfect or whatever the line it was at the time i don't know um but uh and but i'd grown up in in agland in fresno uh, in the middle of the central valley and, and i was like what why is this so expensive like it makes no sense and and uh i was like well everybody compares it to tomatoes and 51126 is a tomato feed so let's try this out and i was like this, this works better than the the stupid you know cannabis specific ones so after that it was just okay how do we tweak this tweak it tweak it tweak it tweak it i mean i started basically tweaking it to the hoagland recipe which is just an old like uh 1970s crop research recipe that they use for any plant basically and and from there it was just tweak it see what happened tweak it see what happened tissue samples out the butt all the time because it was <laughs> it's a it's a lot of like try something then test try something then test try something and test and over the span of what like 10 years or something since i started playing with the fertilizer it, it resulted in the recipe that we use now and, and that's basically what we made to give to other people is what we use um which is 
unique, but it's still just salt. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, um, yeah, I guess that's the short a of it. A lot of testing. Yeah. A, a lot, lot of, of testing and a lot of trial and error and, mm-hmm. and, uh, on, on a large scale because it's, it's really hard to tell with, you know, 10 plants or something. So we said, screw it. Let's try it on like 10,000. <laughs> wow. And it, uh, oh, wow. it works, but. Yeah, you know, we got we we were lucky enough to be trusted by some people with some very large operations, and so we we had uh, some opportunity to do some R and D that sped things up like that pretty quick too. Yeah, we have a unique story of like how we got connected. So he was working at NetFM, I was working at Grodan. Um, Armando Suarez, do you guys remember him? I, think I know the first met, name. I think yep. you met him a, a long time back. Uh, we I was working for Grodan and. And uh, he was like, yo, I got a guy you got to meet. I worked with him at NetFM. His name's Josh. You guys would have a lot of balance with each other because, you know, as we all know now, your irrigation system is such a pinnacle part of your cultivation. You know, it really dictates a lot of how we operate. You know, the more more automation we have, the better we are as growers because you could kind of create your consistency. So um, Armando introduced us and then our first job that we did together where we kind of like got to in, engage with each other was over at uh, state flower. Um, shout out and, to Jeremy. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Jeremy. <laughs> he, he, uh, he had us come in, we went through and started like just going through his facility and saying, Hey, here's some ideas of how we could engage with like the growth sense plus the right irrigation system. Um, gave Josh and I an opportunity to kind of connect on some things. From there, he would call me up with jobs. I would call him up with jobs. We kind of just kept going through and I'd be like, oh, wow, right. This is what you're doing. You know, octobubblers were a very common thing. If you switch to these pressure compensating emitters, you're going to have way more control. Things are going to start kind of coming together. You know, that little brown dripper you see everywhere at everybody's grow. That was my way of tracking cannabis sales for Netafim, basically. We... They didn't sell that dripper in the U.S. at all. It was it was an overseas skew that they had for their high tech greenhouse markets. And I had done a bunch of uh, substrate studies to, to studies basically in my garage. But um, while I was working for Netafim, a bunch of blue dye with rock wool, stuff like that, to see how the water moved through the substrate. And it, we figured out that it was, you know, at anything over a liter and a half an hour, about 0.4 gallons an hour, it causes channeling in pretty much all the substrates that are used in cannabis, rockwell, cocoa, peat moss, all that kind of stuff. Uh, basically anything without clay content in it. So it, it was a, a one, two punch. Cause I got to bring in a product that would work better. Cause that 1.2 liters an hour was below that threshold. And you get a lot better, even saturation and, and, uh, moving out of the nutrients from the top to the bottom as you go along. But the, uh, that, that it was also a way to get Netafim to take cannabis seriously because it was like, okay, well now we can track all of these sales. You guys watch what happens and and see. And yeah, sure enough, they went from, you know, that Netaflex machine that everybody uses. When I started working with them, getting into the cannabis industry, they had sold two into the U S in the previous like 20 years. And uh, now they sell like 30 a month. I mean, those systems are all over the place, the, the blue tank and the venturis and stuff. And so, that was that was a lot of fun bringing that kind of agricultural technology into cannabis because people were using these octobubblers that were costing ten ten dollars a plant site to set up. It's like, well, I can give you a dripper and the tubing and the and everything in there for a dollar fifty a plant site. So you're paying way less, but you're getting a way better um, uh, media set or just a way better result out of it because the the octobubbler thing they're not 
pressure compensating. Even the ones that are, they don't do a very good job, but everybody used to rip the guts out of them anyways and have them just open flow. And you're running your system for four seconds, trying to give a small shot that doesn't work. <laughs> like the, the plants in the back aren't getting the same shot as the front. So, I mean, those drippers ensure that, you know, they all open at the same time, they all close at the same time and they all flow the same rate while they're open. So it was kind of like, a, Hey, I, I can guarantee that you'll get your, you know, the same amount of water, in plant one over there is plant 3009 over there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it kind of, you know, it sold itself cause it was a lot cheaper and a lot better. So it was, uh, you know, get getting that kind of drip system stuff into the cannabis market was a lot of fun. And, and, uh, Ramsey's, what he was doing went hand in hand with that. Cause he was Mr. Grodan at the time. And well, I was going to say, you, like, you want drip, like you want, su- you want substrate, we can mar- marry them together and we can tell you how to run it, you know? Do you ever feel like you're in the right place at the right time? You mm-hmm. know, like where things kind of start to align together in the right way. Um, it, I think we had both a unique perspective because he was working for NetFM, being exposed to thousands of acres of cultivation, um, you know, greenhouse production. I was lucky enough to get on with Grodan right when they were coming out with a lot more information, getting a little bit more involved with the cannabis space. There is this like kind of opportunity where they were willing to teach me as well and bring me to really unique spaces out in the Netherlands and Canada. And you're seeing how these veggie producers are operating and you're thinking to yourself like, well, why are they doing all these things? Like, you know, and you get to ask these growers and they're just the same as us, you know, like they're talking the same exact language. And I was like, whoa, okay, these are our people. Like this is somebody I could get along with talk all day with most of them smoked weed too. So like they're talking about their garden they got in their house when I'm walking through a hundred acre greenhouse (laughs) of tomatoes and they're like, oh yeah, I've got this going on, that going on. And I'm using these same techniques and you're getting into that exposure and you're thinking, all right, wow, there, there's a gap that's being missed in our industry. And I, I kind of got to see and exposed to some of those nuances that they're doing and demystify a lot of what was happening. Um, and at the same time, I was getting to go around with Armando to and um, a bunch of different cultivation, cannabis cultivations. And he was pointing out what was the difference between a vegetative looking plant and a generative looking plant. And, you know, the interesting part of that is that gave me a little bit better understanding of what the actual effects of crop steering were, you know, and it started to lead down this like path of learning and understanding what was happening and causing the different aesthetics. Cause you would go grow after grow after grow and, you know, shout out to everybody in the industry that opened up their door to us because no matter what cultivation I went into, and I'm sure with Josh as well, you learned something new and you got to see a different scenario with a different result. Um, And through that and being around a lot of like, pretty much world recognized agronomist. Uh, we, we were exposed to a lot of, uh, information that you maybe wouldn't normally come across just reading in a book, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was really unique because they were so fixated on operational efficiencies. Like how did they ensure that each year's crop produced X amount of weight? Because most of these, these farms weren't turning profit as a vegetable farm until they were six or seven harvests into their year. Um, and that was really important that they made it to that benchmark to then turn the profit the rest of the year. 
and knowing all those details were really uh, like crucial to their success of a business. And so as I'm going around with Grodan and getting exposure, Josh is going around with NetFM gaining exposure as well to both sides of the coin, vegetable plus cannabis. It wasn't just like one interest. And I think that um, in there, we started to come up with a lot of ideas and we were simultaneously, you know, engaging with a lot of growers who were trying different things and seeing different things. You know, we were mentioning Sean, he was one of the early people that also like welcomed me into his door, said, come on in, you know, hey, here's what I'm doing. Um, you know, Michael from the village was somebody early, uh, a lot of like really unique people throughout our career were always um, willing to open up doors and give us exposure to what they were doing. Um, we were able to relay some of the things that we were seeing and also being exposed to ourselves. Um, and it started to kind of bring together this nest. And then that's when I got um, asked by Grodan to do the Egro 2.0 platform. So uh, Doug and I would go up and work with BCG on the development of that 2.0 platform. And then I think Trump got into presidency. I forget what, what it was, but Grodan basically like yanked the leash back and said, no more cannabis visits. You guys aren't allowed to go into these places. Like we don't want to deal with any lawsuits. So there was like a point where they told me, hey, just sit on the couch. We'll pay you. Uh, we got to figure out where the laws are going to go. Um, at the same time, NetFM <laughs> basically. Yeah, the, the I guess the CEO of NetFM India had contacted their corporate CEO in Israel and said, that he had found out that we were doing work in cannabis and somebody had like mentioned my name to him or something. And they, they basically had said at the time, you know, no more doing anything in cannabis that that's visible, no more putting our name next to the word, no more trade shows, no more this, no more that, and basically put handcuffs on me. And that was kind of when I, I decided to move on fully into the cannabis market instead of kind of playing the fence and doing both. What percentage um, of Grodan and what percentage of NetFM do you think is cannabis related? Sales, a very small, very small, very small. They're not fifty percent. They're billion now, dollar agricultural okay. companies. Yeah, they're very, very small. Because like, they're, uh, <laughs> I mean, I even though it's maybe you know ten, fifteen million dollars or something, you know, that's they're a billion yeah. dollar company. Yeah, that's yeah. very small for them. Yeah. When you go to Canada and the Netherlands and you see just as far as I can see Glass House, and you walk yeah. in and it's as far Crazy. as I could see. Grodan slabs everywhere yeah. and Netifim drippers everywhere. You realize how small our industry is. When at I think this isn't the substrate even like a very small world. You know, everybody in the world <laughs> eats food. You know, we all eat. So like vegetables are Straight way up. bigger like industry than what we have. Like, you know, a lot of the time people are like, oh, we've got the we're the most advanced technology cannabis facility. You've never seen anything like it. And I walk in and I'm like, so what's advanced about this? Like, can you explain to me, like, what, what's the, what did you innovate on here? Because five, 10 years ago, I was walking in a greenhouse that has robotics moving tomatoes from one part of the greenhouse to the other. And then their packaging facility scans every tomato for the color, the size, the weight. They test the bricks level. They know where it was harvest. So like everybody's like, oh, compliance is such a bitch. And I'm like, all right, well, they could tell me which vine this tomato came off of. Our track and trace is very like, you know, basic compared to what yeah. these guys are doing, you know, and their their manufacturing is like manufacturing. They're grading. You know, everybody talks about grading. Right now we got some people 
that will go through and pull the buds out. They have a machine that differentiates from one tomato to the next tomato to the next. So like our grading and our automation is like still and the machinery hasn't been made yet because it was it, you couldn't grow the crop commercially for so long. Yeah, just, I think like just yeah. is what it is for now. It'll come. People, it will it'll get there. People are making it there. You know, and there's, a, there's a lot of machinery. We even saw some cool stuff today that yeah, hasn't been around true. before. Um, yeah. People are innovating right now. Yeah. The, the machinery is cool coming stuff. out. Like the knowledge, the differences is that you could legally invest into everything that you wanted to invest to in vegetables. We're only getting to a point in our careers where we could put our foundation somewhere and not be afraid that it's going to be gone tomorrow. You know, uh, only recently do I find myself not lying anymore when somebody asks me, what do you do for a living? <laughs> yeah. right. You know, like, like gut feeling, yeah. you're like, oh, fuck, like. Why are you asking? <laughs> like, why, why did you just ask me this question? Like, oh, I just yeah. met you. Can we talk about anything else? Like, yeah, like I, I'm a construction worker. Your hands don't look like that. All right. Well, uh, I'm a farmer. Like, <laughs> like, what do you want? Like, you grow weed? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone like, in cannabis has the fake career. Everybody yeah, right? has the like, oh, yeah. yeah, I do thermal imaging, you know, and we go into sc scan hot and cold areas, the difference between pumps, uh, you know, everyone has like, yeah, it is. It's, yeah. like, it's like this natural gut instinct that somebody asks yeah. you what to do. Yeah, I, I have a window installer. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. like now I'm starting to feel more and more comfortable being open about it. If somebody asks me, I'm a little bit more, have a little bit more pride as long as the vibes are right. But uh, it's, it's such a like a unique little thing in there. So, um, yeah, no, we, we basically, Josh ended up taking a job with Nameless. He was wearing, uh, running, working for their grow. And he said, hey, Ramsey, like, what are you doing? Um, and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you got to come and work with me. I think combined together, we could really take this over. I was like, perfect. I just got told to sit on the couch. Like, okay. I can't. Nobody wants to sit on the couch. At all. Like, yeah. Yeah. there's no sitting around and just ambly like, waiting. What, wait yeah. around and then get let go or something? Yeah, it's like, like it's just not. Yeah. Never works out. No, no. no. Um, so we got the blessing of working with Clyde of Jeff and Jeff. They were awesome individuals. Uh, they were and still are one of the few brands I know that really just push one skew. You know, OG is their yeah. bread and buddy. They have some really like, fire OG strains. Yeah, very, really, very really nice, nice. ones. Yeah. Um, and that was like a blessing in itself because they were willing to take me on based off of Josh's recommendation that, hey, bring this guy on it as well. And we're going to help elevate thing. And um, we got to be exposed to a lot of unique uh, cultivation opportunities with them as well. They had greenhouse, they had some outdoor, they had some indoor. Um, they, you know, had opportunities outside of the United States. Um, so we got to go and work with them. And that was a lot of fun. I think, um, as we all know, in this industry, like nothing's guaranteed. And uh, they, as hard as they tried, they just kept getting one thing pulled out from them after the next, you know, and they, I give it to them to this very day. I always pay a lot of homage and respect to them because they gambled on us and yeah. uh, gave us an opportunity to really like work together and build an even better bond. Um, and unfortunate for them, like none of the, the things that they really were trying to pan out, panned out. So we spent a little bit over a year working with them. And then NorCal uh, approached me and was like, Hey, would you want to come and work up here? And at that time, we were basically like, all right, if we stay with Nameless, we're going to have to start doing a lot of like travel to Columbia. And uh, we were, you know, I just basically gotten married 
um, and was living up in San Francisco, the facility that they had that I was supposed to run, the deal just kind of collided as a lot of deals do. Um, and we had just had like this crossroad of, our, do we move back down to Los Angeles area? Do we, you know, try and stick out this like crazy schedule of me driving down and like sleeping in, like they would have like si- different houses and things like that, that I could go to or hotels. Um, and so when NorCal approached, I was like, all right, I'd be interested in taking this job if you bring Josh with me as well. Um, and they were like, wow, we've never, you know, had to like, <laughs> never had a pair before <laughs> on like a pair. Like, what is you this? Guys married or what? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so we were like, all right, let's, let's go up there. And, um, we were using the grow sense when we were at nameless. Um, and when we went to NorCal, it was a much bigger operation. Uh, they have. 40,000 square feet of indoor canopy that they were operating. It was like one big campus. And then they had a satellite facility that was another 10,000 square feet. Um, And uh, when we first got on, Josh was like, all right, we got to go to meter group and get their sensor um, because the price of the grow sense was so expensive and they hadn't really rolled out the whole e-grow platform. It was still just the basic, just substrate graphs that you've got. and so Josh is like, all right, let's, let's go to meter group. Uh, yeah. I'll let you take the story a little bit of where. Oh uh, yeah. It that. was just, you know, we knew that meter group made the sensor for gross sense anyways, but I had been using them since my Netafim days, right? Like we used, uh, back when it was Decagon devices, um, before they combined with that German company, whatever their name was. Um, but, uh, their, their sensors had been used in, in the ag world forever. And, uh, like Campbell scientific uses them a lot and stuff like that. And so I, I knew of them and, and I knew that they were making the sensors for grow sense. So we're like, why don't we just go get some wired sensors? We can set up our own little setup. But then when I contacted them, they were like, oh yeah, we have this new platform we're releasing this Arroyo. And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. We'll check it out. And we did a demo. I think we both sat down for the demo and, and, uh, at the time, I think they had it in like a couple facilities, but they didn't have any, they didn't have any paying customers yet. And I think, you know, we started using it at, 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 uh, NorCal and we did really well with it. Uh, it, it was by far their largest account at the time, um, especially paying account. And then, uh, after a while they, they approached, uh, Ramsey and we're like, so how can you help us grow this? Like, what can we do? And then that was more so you. So I'll let, let you talk about that. Backtrack a little bit. So while we were at NorCal, we basically got the grow, uh, the the Roya platform. Um, Josh and I had the the great opportunity of having a budget, um, which was something really unique and new to us as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm just saying, that, I'm just like, sounds fucking nice. right. Like, <laughs> And if anybody knows Josh, like you let him loose on a budget. Yeah, let me play with some sensors and research. Comes, shit so the budget's where, yeah, 100000 He comes out at 200000 Like he's like, Holy all right, well, like, here's all the fun things that we could get. Don't, you know, and you let him down this like rabbit hole. And like all of a sudden everything is like, go, go, go. So we come into this grow. Um, it's a unique scenario of things where they have HPS lights. Um, it's a little bit lower ceiling. Um, so we had to do some finagling to get everything to operate the way that we're really needing it to. Um, they did expose us to some cool things. Blair had actually come up with like some good designs in terms of, um, you know, humidification <laughs> systems and little pieces are there. Josh was able to take what they had as a foundation, put the things together. Um, 
they had Netifim, like really where we got the job a lot was actually still once again almost because of Josh, because they had all these Netifim machines that Josh sold to them. Nameless hired them. And so like they almost had like some like underground like beef with Josh to a little degree because basically Josh came in, talked up the Netiflex machine, sells them on the Netiflex machine. He gets hired at Nameless, goes to Nameless. So when I'm talking to him and I bring up Josh's name, they're like, wait, Josh Newlinger? And I was like, yeah, Josh Newlinger. And they were like, all right we have a little beef so they we come up there and they're like all right before we go further with this conversation you got to fix this machine for us like because we can't they never were able to figure out how to make it work correctly and they were they had some interesting solves for what they were doing in the meantime and and yeah we walked in there and it was like i was like why are you doing that no boop 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 and then we set up some different irrigation programs (coughs) and uh left for how long like a week two weeks or something and came back and the plants were just night and day different. And they were just like blown away. It's like, Oh my God. Okay, cool. Yeah. We want to do this. Um, so that basically solidified their belief in us, even in just that quick transaction. So by the time we got there, they were just ready to hit the ground running. Um, we redid their irrigation systems, put some <coughs> control systems in place that allowed us a little bit better management of everything going on in there. Um, and then we got to take what we learned while working with Clyde and Jeff in terms of some of the crop steering things that we were doing there, they were based on OGs. So like, as we all know, an OG grows way different. And, you know, once again, shout out to Clyde, that guy knows an OG more than anybody else. So he's like, here's certain parameters that I know. We built off of those parameters and kind of helped like push it forward. Um, And then when we came into NorCal, Big playground for us, 50,000 square feet, the 40 on the campus, the 10 off site. Bunch of different rooms. They were willing, they they had half their growers wanted to do cocoa, half wanted to do rock wool. So we really get to like go to go to bat playing around with like the those kind of options of what to do. Um, And we went to town because now we have sensors that graph your climate plus your irrigation and you have this ability to really like real time change one element room to room to room not only that they had the netifin machine that gave us all the individual nutrient channels so while we're there and getting to play around with all these cultivation tactics josh is also playing around with a lot of the fertilizer composition so you kind of see how things start building here and we're we're into this like and we're getting things moving and the envelopes really getting pushed forward and every month we're talking to arroya and saying like hey this is what's working what's not working so they're getting all the feedback and the information through you guys on what's working and not with their system and other systems mm-hmm. and you're able to do your testing like real scientific tests which is your constants and then your variables yes. yeah. and having yeah. separation between have to have the control, two. right? People would love to change facility. the lighting, the newts and the environment all in one. And yeah, be you like can't it. do that. You can't do that. Uh, yeah. Then you have no idea what caused the change at all. So we're basically yeah. in there playing around, getting to see what's working, what's not going through this platform and saying like, Hey, we really need to like focus on this aspect or that aspect. And it got to a crossroad with them where we were one of seven customers of Arroyo. We were the only one paying. Nobody else was even willing to pay for the platform. Um, they, they didn't understand the value of it. You know, they were like, hey, like, this doesn't make sense to us. 
why have this data? Like, you know, what is this doing for us? So Arroyo was like, hey, let's get you on. Came to me with an incredible opportunity, one that I couldn't refuse. Um, so I said, okay, part of the deal, once again, you're going to catch the rhythm. You got to bring Josh on. All right. So you bring in, they basically set a threshold, say, you got to make X amount of money. And then we'll bring Josh on because we have to have the budget because they basically were, were like, do we move forward with this or is this complete bullshit? Not worth it. Yeah. Um, Grodan at the time was having a lot of trouble with their ego platform. Uh, you know, sales were interesting. They obviously manufacture the growth sense. So they're seeing everything live, you know, on how their sales do and everything else. So they're, they're kind of nav watching this market and trying to decide like, is this worth it or is it not? And so I basically hit the ground running. I was like, all right, give me X, Y, and Z, and then let's go to town. You know, you give me these couple of things, like, let's make this hit. One of the biggest things was like the QR scanners, making sure it was easy to set up the platform. Um, And then I went to town. I reached out to all my homies. Uh, Sean was, once again, he was one of the first adopters, like early adopters onto this. There was a few people that throughout my career have always been very supportive um, because I feel like I, I did justice by them and sharing what I was learning each step of the way. And I was pretty an open book. Um, and so I reached out to a few of my good friends and people in this industry that, you know, once again, supported me and was like, Hey, this is it. This is the, the system that you guys are going to need. Let me show you how to use it. And I went down the list of every customer that they had that w- had equipment that they gave for free but didn't know how to use it. And so I went to each one of them and was like, all right, hey, here's what you do with this data. Here's how to interpret it, all right? Once they understood how to look at a graph and see that you could adjust the growth pattern of a plant by manipulating your climate and your irrigation, and most people out there like are already quote unquote, crop steering, you know, I always like to bring to everybody's attention. If you adjust your temperature, your crop, crop steering, steering yeah. you know, like that's, that's technically you change you how you're watering during the cycle the at all environment crop to get an effect. Yeah. That's everybody's all. doing it, whether they know it or not, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Now add in humidity. Just, and now are you doing it intentionally or are accidentally advanced at yeah. doing it or not? Yeah. You is, understand what you're doing. Everybody yeah, could, exactly. you know, which that's what I feel like changed the game for some of these growers out here. They got good at the graphs, got good at the data, mm-hmm. got super fascinated with the watering, super in tune with it all. And then at scale are now able to really track it and control it, which right. I feel like benchmark it got a lot. You know, it definitely helped the increase of quality supply at scale. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Or it, it, it is. Helping, That's the goal. At I least say. It I, is I think it yeah. did. I think it helped on a massive level. I think that I've, I've personally watched and I'm pridefully watched yeah. as I've seen people elevate their game because now they had the tool to know what they were doing. Um, and that's, that was just something that I felt like everybody should have access to. There's a lot of other platforms out there and there's a lot of other people building things. And I think they're, there's, they're all great in their own way. And I'm not saying that, you know, 
Arroyo's only thing there, I believe in what they delivered. Um, and that's been the only thing that people haven't been able to replicate so far. Um, and what they delivered is ability to manage your grow cycle and record the information in there. So you knew what the hell you did. You could look back and say, what did I actually do this run? Because I don't know about y'all. I forget like fucking crazy, like crazy quick. Like <laughs> if I don't have everything written down, like I do not remember what I did. And I'll start second guessing myself and like questioning, like, Hey, was this the right thing or the wrong thing? Like, you know, am I doing this correctly? What did I do in that run? Um, and there's something unique in that, like ability to go back and see every single step of the way. Um, and that was an awesome opportunity. Josh came involved with that um, and really just helped set the tone for what's going on in this like uh, crazy world of cultivation, because there's so many things that could come up. But that was like a unique opportunity for us once again was to like connect and help guide something forward, you know, making sure that we had a measuring template to know where to place the sensors and um, understanding more, like once again, you know, the unique opportunities getting connected with hundreds of new, new cultivations that we never talked to before. And then once again, wanting to share information because we're openly sharing with them and they're welcoming us into their doors to their data because they're wanting to make sense of it. And I mean, dude, most unique shit you would see. And you're like, why did that? Like, why, what? That's the result. This is the data. Like, what caused that? And we were asking these questions back and forth. Um, yeah. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, I mean, well, like, it seems like the the topic turned into like the, the next VPD, like everybody talking about, oh, do you hold your VPDs, bro? Like, it just turned into this like, like you're adding it to your reservoir thing, right? Like, oh, do you add enough crop steering this this cycle to your reservoir? And it's like, we, we didn't invent anything. These, these techniques have been around for longer than any of us have been alive pretty much, right? Like changing your irrigation to change the way the plant grows is nothing nothing new at all. All we did was teach people to recognize what, what data looked like, what plant response in cannabis specifically, right? Like what, what could you do to get a desirable result in the plant and what desire desirable results can we get from the tactics that existed in vegetable production and everything else production and um, also you know and people to see what they're actually doing and bringing attention to that like hey this yeah, is what you're yeah. doing don't it just that doesn't mean it's good bad or indifferent it means you are doing something that creates the result that you like so just be aware of what you're doing and the whole point was to just give everybody a to a, a new set of tools to use to like to use their own way to get what they like out of the plant right like so because I, I don't want just all the weed to be the same all of a sudden because i think what what makes it nice is you know even though we all use the same tools we use them in different ways and we can get a different result out of that and that keeps some variety in the market you know it's it's a good thing everybody's uh, a chef yeah like yeah. Same yeah. Knives, absolutely. But you can make sushi i can't <laughs> is there yeah. a vegetable that closely relates to cannabis when you Fuck see yeah. the tomatoes tomatoes is the Bro, one they do kind of it it's kind of it's, fun. you have right. to no no you have to balance tomatoes a lot more than you have to cannabis right yes. like during, really? during yes. so so during the cannabis cycle right it's a one and done it, it it's we're going and so during certain parts of the the plant's life 
And we want to push very hard in one direction to get the thing that we want out of it and and then push the other direction really hard. Right. And in tomatoes, they have to balance a forever fruiting, not forever, but, you know, it's fruiting an entire year long. And so you have you have to balance out that vegetative and generative growth and kind of wiggle back and forth between these little set points here, whereas in cannabis, we can kind of it's it's not as long of a cycle, which makes some things harder and some things easier. But it's it is a little bit different, I would say, in that respect. But otherwise, I mean, the way the plant responds is similar to the way other plants respond, right? To drought stress, which is really what crop steering. The the thing that people are talking about a lot of times is the generative response we get, right? Which is generative is just just means that we applied a little bit of stress to the plant. Like the plant is responding to that stress, saying I need to reproduce and pass along my genes before I die, right? Um, so that generative response one way you can give it to the plant is through inducing water stress right so like and, and in hydroponics I, this could get really long i don't know if i should go into all this right oh, we'd now love to but, hear this. Um, <laughs> um, so the so say in a, in a natural soil right in nature it, you've mineral soil in the ground at the absolute wettest the the matrix potential of that soil is you know between around like negative 20 negative 30 kilopascal which is basically just the surface tension right how hard is that water sticking to the soil particles and how much energy does the plant have to overcome to pull that water out of the soil right it's like like if you have a straw sticking in in your water bottle how much force does it take to pull that water up you know the further you get away the harder it's going to be or the smaller the straw or the bigger you know whatever but that that pressure that the plant has to overcome to absorb water that's called matrix potential right and that's part of the total water potential which is matrix osmotic which happens from salts which we'll get it that's the next part of it and then you have a grav gravitational and and like even like the atmosphere pressure matters but those last two not so much it's the first two that make up the majority of what the plant feels and so um back to the natural soil you're at you know 20 30 kilopascal when it's completely sopping wet no more water could even make it into that soil um and then plants start wilting around like 1500 or so right but in rock wool the matrix potential never really gets over like five or six kilopascal so it even at, and that's at it's very driest point the higher the number the drier the the, it's a negative number so technically the lower the number but we'll say the more intense the force um the higher the the number and uh so you're you know at its absolute driest you know two percent water content it's still easier for a plant to absorb water out of that than it is out of the wettest natural soil so you can't use that dryness to induce water stress in a plant right which is what we're doing when we when we set the irrigation up in a way that has these long sustained drybacks and that's what gives everybody this response um but the we can't do that in a hydroponic substrate because cocoa is not much better it gets up to like 40 maybe but basically there's there's not really any point at which the plant notices that it's getting harder to absorb water with the water in and of itself until the water is basically gone and you and then your plant dies um but so in with, with our point, basically. With, well wilting point just happens when they don't have any when the matrix well, potential well, gets saying, about they, 1500 they just yeah. go from from 60 to infinite right it, it doesn't go you know but but hold on so <laughs> the the way we steer plants in in a hydroponic substrate is using the osmotic potential because we don't have that matrix portion right so 
the way to induce water stress in a hydroponic plant grown in like rock wool, cocoa, stuff like that is using the EC, the EC of the substrate about for each 1.0 EC, you've got about what is like 38 kilopascal, 440 kilopascal, something like that. So you can, I mean, you would never take it up to the number that would go to 1500 that would, that would kill your plant. But, um, you know, you can use that, that osmotic potential to signal the water stress to the plant. And so what we do for a generative effect is we have, you know, a super short irrigation window. We get the super long sustained dryback, but the dryback doesn't really matter, right? The percentage you go from at the top to the percentage at the bottom, the plant doesn't care. Cause like we said, it can't tell the difference between how hard and how easy it is to absorb water in a hydroponic substrate between, you know, uh, 60 and, and 30, water content in uh or volumetric water content in rock wool for example right so the but that that increase of the of the osmotic potential the increase of that ec as that's drying down is what the plant does feel so that that part is what we're actually using to send the the plant a generative signal so people kind of focus on the wrong portion of that sometimes right they focus on the water content reduction from here to here right if you have say you get all of your watering done in two hours and then you spend 22 hours drying down right but you only get a 10 percent dryback. that's still more generative than if you went from you know if you went from or if you got a you know for example a 30 percent dryback overnight but you were watering for most of the day and you stopped and you only got you know like 16 hours of dryback or 12 hours of dryback or you know what whatever the case may be but it's that time that's the most important as far as operation goes because you want to make sure that you get that time to to spend drying back and so it's it's like there's there's a lot of ways that that the different parts matter and people mostly pay attention to the reduction in water content percentage so i think there's a lot of a lot of uh, misunderstanding of how some of the tools work. I mean, it's it's a lot because it's a lot to fucking absorb. <laughs> you know, it's sitting sitting here. It's I've already been talking for probably what ten minutes now straight, and, and we barely scratched the surface. But I'll let, I'll let Ramsey talk now. But <laughs> in, lay, in layman's term, it's a basically just means that you if you feel the substrate right before the plant wilts, there's like no water in there, so it has to go so to such an extreme before the plant is feeling a difference in water pressure to feel that stress response versus using higher substrate ECs, which cues a very similar response in plant stress. Um, and that's basically what we're looking to do is manage more or less substrate EC and then stimuli in terms of like number of irrigation events in a day. And that's where we're finding the most effect of like what the plant sees in terms of like generative or vegetative response um and with tomatoes the thing that seems like very similar is that if you push a tomato really vegetatively you'll split the fruit so oh, like yeah. it yeah. actually splits and so it's cool because it's so sensitive that you could do that pretty quickly and you'll see that in the graphs and you'll see that like, all right. Well, and that's I, actually from a, a sharp increase in the osmotic or decrease in the osmotic potential. It, it like flip, like the plant has to have a higher EC inside the root than outside to absorb water through osmosis, right? So if you drop the EC out here really quickly, then it actually forces water into the plant faster than it wants. And in tomatoes, that splits the fruit open. Cannabis doesn't have fruit to split, but we can assume there's stress happening in that in that situation. And in that situation, we know that causes bud rot and bad things. So we don't want to do that. But. And you'll also get 
unique <laughs> growths that come out of the tomato plant. Like it'll shoot new suckers all over the place. That's kind of similar. When you're pushing yeah. really vegetatively yeah, again. That's um, these are all very similar responses. And what you find is if you steer really generatively with the tomato plant, it's a lot more consistent when setting its truss and how many uh, tomatoes actually show up on each. Like, I don't know what the arms are called, uh, but you'll see how that actually responds. And with cannabis, if you steer really generatively, that's when you get a squatter plant, you have a lot yeah. more bud sites on it. Definitely. Um, and then if you push them too vegetatively, you get a lot more elongation. Um, so those are like what we're trying to manage and what you're trying to see. And I think that um, what was unique about once again, working for one of these companies that exposed us to a lot of people and being able to like have good conversations with other individuals is it opened us to a lot more of what is happening um, and kind of gave us another big glimpse at a, like a larger picture of how cultivations are managed and what are some of the results that come from it. And, you know, just people sitting there and be like, Hey, let's, let's look at these graphs and figure out what's going on, you know, and like try and interpret like, what are these effects? Um, to this day, we still play around with different substrate sizes and things like that. And I think it's just planting densities. We see unique things and we're like, wait, that guy's doing something completely different and getting a great result. Like how, how can we incorporate this? Um, and that's kind of what led us to other unique opportunities and where we left Arroyo. Uh, we had some good opportunities that came up and we said, Hey, this is just the time for us to take a stab at running our own company and yeah. being our own people. So we started managing cultivations. Um, and that was, a, a fun, another fun, like jump in life, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Um, Josh got to really take a lot of things that he's done in his life before and learned with field production. This year was our first year really doing a really large scale outdoor field with like successful, um, management of water and Josh steered 21. <laughs> yeah, it was, what is it, 21 and a half acres, whatever the half acres, <laughs> which is a fun project. Um, you can do that crop steering in the ground with the matrix potential because it's a natural soil, right? So we're, there we're you have the that? other tool. You don't have Oregon. to use EC Oregon? to do it. Yeah. 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 Nice. And are you, you have sensors in the ground? Yeah. 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 I've never tensiometers, but a different type that not the water <laughs> one with the ceramic cup, the old school what, ones. The, what was the, the, the Taros 21, the uh, meter group one. So. What was the setup like, like the 21 acres? Like, can you give us a general idea of like, yeah, I was, um, I, the, we kind of, you know, we came into it after it had already been okay. up for a little bit, but they, the way they had it set up was basically 20, 22 individual fields. Um, each one, uh, I think it was 40,000 square feet of canopy. Um, and we maxed, we maxed that out. Uh, but the, so we, we, the way we set it up coming in, uh, when we did, we ran irrigation to be able to do each field just as its own zone. But other than that, we weren't trying to do, you know, per row or anything weird like that. Uh, when you get to large farms, that doesn't make sense. Um, and you know, a lot of just outdoor field production practices like not using a lot of labor not touching the plants hardly ever we we did you know 200,000 clones in a couple 210. 40 210,000 clones in a couple 40 by 80 foot barns with 
thousand watt metal halide lights like way up there <laughs> just running running the right you know climate control system with uh, um enough humidification and we didn't even have domes on the trays we just just had them on the floor now it um, came from just other pre-learned experiences when we, yeah. when we worked at nameless we were doing like thirty thousand clones a month it was like something ridiculous thirty five thousand. Yeah. so we had to learn that what works and what doesn't with managing such a large volume because uh, we learned really quickly that doing it under the greenhouse it's just it's a lot harder for disaster the the temperature <laughs> swings the humidity yeah. swings so doing it indoors makes more sense you know and it's worth spending the money on that so in each one of these experiences that we went through we kind of got to like evolve a little bit and learn a little bit more and um, this was a fun one. The pump house to the outdoor project is just a huge yeah. building where you could drive the totes of nutrients in where, you know, it's yeah. a big IBC. You well, know, and we're using, you know, <laughs> basically yeah, corn like fertilizers. Crazy. They're they're just, you know, urea, ammonium, nitrate, uh, potassium, thiosulfate, just straight nutrient, uh, you know, mineral salts. And um, but just doing it as needed. And we had we had sensors at three different depths basically you know right where the root zone started basically right dead center and then where we didn't want any water nutrients to go after that and so the way we could we had you know real slow drip tape laid over everything and so as as uh, you know you could see the water moving down and you could use those readings to figure out you know when to water and use your volumetric water content to figure out how much to water according to that rooting depth and you can set that up to pretty much automate just keeping that water in that amount of space you want and so you can create the size root zone you want by doing that because the roots will only grow where the water is so if you uh, if you set it up right you can kind of create like in the ground slabs that run off of you know whatever's in the soil i mean we put like some gypsum in and shit like that but nothing we, we weren't definitely weren't applying hydroponic fertilizers out into the field so it's uh, it, it was very cost effective but the results were great it is fucking wild to watch the fields take like five days six days seven days to dry back someone like 14 days with not a single irrigation and you're like looking out there and every day you keep walking out and you're like is this data correct like is it this there's no fucking way there's no fucking way and you go out and they're they're fucking staying there praying you're like all right what the fuck and so like you keep going you're just like all right we're gonna keep trusting the data we're gonna keep trusting the data and it was amazing to see the effect of that. Like, I did not realize how accurate it could actually be um, in terms of what was happening. Because there was multiple sensors placed out there. So you're getting yeah. to watch each one and you're starting to like, all right, I'm going to Yeah, we had one of those setups, this. you know, per acre, per field, basically. So we could watch each genetic do its thing and, and uh, different planting dates for the same genetic. Because it was, the, you know, the first year we grew out there, we didn't know what genetics were going to perform well up there. We didn't know how long they'd take to finish. Now, now we have a good idea. Um, <laughs> but Talk about, <clears throat> we had to do a shotgun fucking wedding. And they told us, oh, yeah, the guy before you did not record any of the names to any of the genetics. <laughs> so we had we just have a bunch of random moms, moms in the greenhouse. And we had to go like, through hey. a pheno hunt every single Woo-hoo. one. And they're like, we think this lot might be this and this one. And you're like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, he didn't want to label him. That's why we fired him. And I was like, yeah, I well, that makes sense. That's a good yeah. reason. <laughs> like, that's a great reason. Like, yeah. What yeah. do you mean? Like. He's like, yeah, they just put the metric tags on and then I'm like, no, dude. All right. This is so we had to go through pheno hunt everything. So that was like a process. 
Then we had to go and rig all of the greenhouses up to house all the mom plants that we were going to pull cuts off of because you have to think logically, you have to be like, all right, I have to produce enough mom stock to then go and take all these cuttings off and then have that be able to sustain like one or two pulls off of them. And it was ridiculous. Like I, it was like, it was a, we were cutting it to like every, the razor's edge every single time. We're like, all right, is this going to make it in enough time to get to these fields planted? We got the planting machine and had to have it retrofitted <laughs> to like get it to work for our planting style. Um, yeah, that it was like everything just kept like finishing right on just enough time that we were able to get it to go through. So um, that was a fun experience. A, a lot of interesting things that came from it. And then, uh, yeah, we just manage a lot of the other cultivations through the data as well, where we go and we build all the irrigation strategies. We manage all the operations of when each event's supposed to happen. And then we provide kind of like a remote support team um, where we're able to like have, they're able to call us up and gain access to like troubleshooting issues. Cause we all know something happens every single day. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. What's it like seeing the whole fields, all the fields in full bloom? Best sight ever. It's pretty cool. That's yeah. gotta be incredible. It, it's the, pretty cool. There is a BBM. Yeah. I've never seen anything so pretty. Like I've seen a lot of outdoors and I'm not just saying it cause it was ours. It was just gorgeous. We lucked out because it was one of the clearest skies they've had in a long time. And the guy that like we work with kept telling, they have never been this clear before. Like, you know, last year was like smoke covered, horrible things, you know, all the fires and everything. But uh, this year we were, we just got lucky in the sense that. <laughs> it's nice the, weather the, this the, year the out there. The freeze yeah. just kept holding off a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And, you know, we learned a lot again, you know, amount of space that's actually needed for everything. Uh, we didn't even get to harvest all of it because it just, it's, it's a, a whole different beast. Yeah. What do you do with that much weed? What's that? take it down and shit bro a lot of goes extract or what a lot of it, yeah it was extract it was the yeah. craziest experience of having you guys have machetes um, out there they actually have to use chainsaws you're having when you really think it no otherwise they get too sore the and yeah. stuff like it's like you have to yeah, they, they were using what about those we, ones like you drive it and it's just like yeah almost is what you need yeah like walk them down it's uh you guys uh so do you did you harvest his flower or did you so hash they or? manicure harvested for flour that would be like actually consumed and then the rest of it goes to basically biomass for for production of oils and everything yeah. else fresh frozen um, fresh yeah. frozen so there's bales just no way biomass huh? i mean yeah not bales <laughs> no bailing which no, bailing. Like no bailing yeah that it, that, all, that ruins all, things it all goes through a trim machine and then fresh frozen right away after got that. it yeah. yeah they have like uh the reefer the reefer uh I yeah. guess like containers yeah, that, yeah shipping container yeah it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy experience and then we have a small grows as well like we it, yeah you kind of like and you see the difference in the qualities that come from each one too um where you know the smaller the team i feel like the better the quality everything they care a little bit more they put a little bit more effort into everything and then the larger the team is a little bit more of a production that comes out of it so it's got wow. to kind of like see from like both sides of the coin how the beast works <laughs> how many grows sites do you guys think you've been to collectively Jeez, cannabis or just period yeah cannabis because i know you come from yeah central valley big ag work yeah uh cannabis sites uh, i mean how many in the hundreds like probably like combined yeah. probably close to a thousand i mean i, 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 I fuck in this lot. trip alone i think we to... went to like 
six or seven different locations already and we've only been here for like three days yeah <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> when people people don't need to get the the gist to like big grows badass grows like you're talking the Sean industry Stacey, these are all the industry yeah. leaders like, mega wellness are, og yeah all the industry leaders at this point you know we've gotten to like connect with a lot of the different big uh, players and it's like nice to see what they're doing and you know once again if you're if, if you all understand that there's so much room for everybody and we're not here to take anybody else's business and we all are unique, like the, the coolest thing about the nutrients right now is we get to go around to different grows that are using our nutrients and they're all producing different looking product, the same exact cut too. Like, it's not like every, you know, everybody's got a, you know, lemon, you know, lemon cherry gelato, like every, that's the new strain that yeah. you run. You got, you know, you're running a business. All right. You have to have this almost in the roster. Um, and it, it's a fun one to grow. I love it. It's a, it's a great, it's a great strain to grow. I see why a lot of people like it. Um, but it's unique in the sense that you see how still, no matter if we're using the same fertilizer, we're doing a lot of the same techniques, everything comes out different. Everybody does something a little bit unique to themselves. And I think that's the specialty of all this is that you kind of embrace each other's uniqueness that, Hey, you could do it your way still. And I'm going to do it my way. And we're going to respect that. And we, we might like, uh, you know, adjust a little thing here and there to accommodate something new that you learn. But for the most part, you still are true to yourself on like how you operate. And I think that's kind of like the beauty of this industry is it's like this collaboration um, that the newcomers don't know about. Because in the past, it was all about collaborating and working with each other. Like there was no greed. It was like, oh, you need help building your new spot. Fuck, I'll be over there tomorrow. Like, let's get this. Like, if you know me, I'll get down and I'll build with you. Like, that's not, there's no question about it. So I think that's, that's some of the fun that's still here for the people that came from before. And I think that we all got to meet each other at a really er early age and like early part of our, you know, career that now everybody's blossoming. And I think that was one of the, the nicest sentiments that Josh and I were talking about. It's like so cool that we get to be invited over to these people's facility that they worked their whole life at building and they welcome us in with open arms and we're like thank you like how did we, how does this our job like i feel bad sometimes telling my my wife that i'm going on a work trip like you know like it's like <laughs> what are you doing like oh I'm, hi hi arta hi luca um i'm sitting here i'm working right now yeah yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. can't yeah. you tell <laughs> Testing I, some product. I, you know, I had to come over here. These Somebody's guys like, got to do it. You know, we have to come and hang out like this. Yeah. Is, but I, I think that's the blessings that we all have now is that we've we've worked really, really hard. You know, we all wake up early. We all get at it. Like we don't stop till we achieve it. You know, um, the hurdles don't stop no matter the biggest facility we work with to the smallest facility we work with. There's always something. And like poaching is real now. Like, <laughs> like. Uh, you, you, you work with somebody for a while, they, they learn a lot. And then somebody else says, Oh, you work with these guys. Like, come on over with me. I'll give you a great offer. And, um, I get it. Everybody's got to climb and that's part of this industry, but you almost have to like reinvent yourself every time you build another relationship because you're so intimate with these grows, you know, we're talking every single day. We're talking to these growers every day. Um, it's always like a, a unique experience. Cause like part of our business is like, how do we communicate with each person that we work with and um, being involved with an industry is like connecting with people that you're used to. 
Um, Because as we build, those are the ones that we go back to and trust more than anything. We're like, all right, you're you're vouching for this situation. All right, let's do this. Like, this is interesting. Um, And I think that's kind of the beauty of like doing the nutrients again is we're getting to reconnect with everybody because they're saying like, all right, hey, this is something that you guys are doing. It's something that's working. I'll try it out. That give us that like honest belief in us again. Um, and I'm proud to say that they are having great results too. So it's kind of a win-win for all of us where we all get to still reconnect and kind of move the envelope forward again. Yo, what up? It's Blackleaf. I'm here at Grow Generation. And guess what? Drip Hydro storming the market. All the best growers I know are switching to it. And guess what? There's a reason. Because it's preserving terps. I keep hearing that. Preserving terps. And that's why we're here with Sunshine. Facility advisor, facility manager, overall the man with Drip Hydro. Listen to why it's different, man. What's going on, guys? Sunny here with Drip Hydro. Thing is, at the end of the day, we just wanted to make a simple, clean, cost-effective nutrient line that nobody has really seen on the market right now. Nobody uses really our chelation formulas, uh, the micronutrients that we have pulled to make this line is really just what makes it overall bringing that consistency and quality back to what we want to see in growing herb again and overall at the end of the day it's still really light on your wallet it's a five-part nutrient line and again if you're not staying sterile or you have a big facility and you don't want to run rock wool and you want to run a mix of cocoa with an enzyme or something you don't even have to run flow with it so at the end of the day it's just saving you money on your wallet while bringing the consistency and the quality of terps back we wanted to bring the terps back and bring the soul back to grow versatility cost effective and quality i mean what else can you ask for drip hydro first smoke of the day blackleaf approved peace yo we're right here downtown la at the grow generation where the pros go to grow and if you didn't already know whether you come in store like us or you go shop online growgeneration.com use the code first smoke 10 and they're going to give you a 15 percent off your already discounted price make sure you come check it out come check out the drip hydro and everything else we appreciate you guys and you already know inside yo what's up first smoke family want to take a second to remind you guys we appreciate your support for hopping on the patreon it's patreon.com fsotd we got brand new shows that have been hitting they're exclusive to patreon you won't see them anywhere else make sure you get on patreon support the show join the family we got in-person events and much 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 more this is a real community and we show a lot of love and also shout out to dr dabber we got a lot of things we're about to unveil, a lot of things we're about to roll out. Go get you an excess. That's what me and Biggs are smoking on. We're smoking that excess, Dr. Dabber excess, and use code FSOTD for 15% off, drdabber.com. We appreciate you guys. Peace. The best growers that you guys have connected with, is there like underlining things that you would say like most of the best growers that we've come across have these three or four things in common? They're always trying to learn new stuff. Man, the the ones that think they know everything are usually the ones that we don't see doing as well, <laughs> you know, yeah. hard um, work and ambition, but that too. Yeah. Actually, you know, just being there every day and doing what you know you need to do is that it's, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, it's not it sitting around like, smoking weed all day. Every month sounds anymore, easy, you know? but it's <laughs> passion. Yeah. Like really hard organization. Yeah. There's so yeah. many big, I think like the biggest, There's a lot of parts people to this. that want it first, like desire has I, to be there. I think that, but I also think what he said, there's so many people I've met in this game that have a fucking secret recipe or some shit that, that <laughs> they, just, they do. And I'm like, yo, I'm a smoker. I'm going to keep it honest with you. You're just not smoking. It's not, it's just not, not it. It has to be something. And they're like, 
and I just go right back to the recipe. Mm. Right back to the same cuts. <laughs> right back to the same. And it's just like, yo, it could be the genetics, could be it could be I'm not saying it's your fucking recipe, but something's not right here. <laughs> and these days it's like all that shit stopped. All that shit's over with. Done. Those dudes are calling anyone they know. Like, yo, hey, hey. And so I'm sure it changed for you guys where at first it was like, wait, who are these guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yo, said, yeah, bring them I've, through, please. I probably we have, talk. you know, 600 NDAs with my name on it out there somewhere. It's insane <laughs> how many yeah. how many secrets we had Everybody's to keep got the biggest. originally. Oh, dude. <laughs> and some of the places I had to go where I had to keep secrets, I was like, I mean, I guess I wouldn't want this out there either, you know? <laughs> It's <laughs> yeah, a different angle on it. Yeah. yeah, a different angle. Yeah. <laughs> it's true though, being a sponge. I mean, what like even with I'm 19 to almost 20 years into cultivation, and I've adjusted my recipe more this year than ever. Yeah, just being like, okay, I'm not happy with the quality. We need to do. Okay, hold on. Like what you're talking about, oh, the crop series. It's, it's a real. It's a real thing. I mean, we. <clears throat> It's hard because this industry right now demands so much of us. Mm -hmm. Like you can't miss a beat. You have to hit every time. If anything's off, it's not going to hit right. Like, bro, it it was hard for us. I mean, Josh and I were sweating even coming on here because we're like, (laughs) right, we're giving them 12 day fresh product to smoke and like be like, hey, here's who we are. But this is life. Like this is what we deal with. You know, we we believe in what we're doing and like we'll stand behind this product all day long. Like, I think that's only going to get better as it ages, but you'll smoke it and you'll see that this was run 4.0 EC from start to finish. We didn't flush a single day. Um, we believe that it's all in the senescence of like how you actually ripen a plant more than anything else. And, you know, there's a lot of people that will say many different ways of how to, you know, go to the end answer. All that matters is you get there. Um, and I think that however you do it, that's what's correct. You know, everybody always wants to know, what do you do in the last week? Well, that's what we do, but that doesn't mean that that's the right answer. It just means that that's how we're getting to an end result that creates a product that a consumer comes back every single time to buy. Um, and in this industry, if you're able to achieve that, however you're achieving it, that means you're doing it right. But if you're having to dial, dial for dollars, then nothing's working correctly. And I think that that's what's changed now is that there's so much available product. And if you have the right channels and you're doing a good job, people will come back. And I think that's the only validity we need, we need because like social media and shit, you only see the good. You never, ever see the day-to-day grind. You don't see those early morning calls of panic. Like, fuck, can somebody get over there? Like right now, like <laughs> shit's about to go down. Like something the fuck is off. But yes, that's like, that's the part of this industry that the ones that stick to it willing to adapt as they as new innovations come because three four years ago we would not be running led lights this is like that was not even in the conversation now here we are all converting over there's a new led every single month we're like kind of pushing forward and trying to figure out how do you manage like where do you want to be what's going on um what's the new strain that you're going to have to grow this month because like no matter how hard we try to monocrop every facility and everything we do, there's just too much demand. Like they're like, Hey, this is what you got to do to stay in business. And it's like, all right, well, here we are. Let's grow this new one, you know? And that's another LCG cross, huh? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it's all purple. Like, you know, like I'm like, yo, we got purple, we got violet, we've got, you know, 
it's it's uh it, to me it, it's just crazy what sells nowadays but that's what you got to do as a farmer like we're farmers at the end of the day like we could call it many different things but you're out there farming now and i think that uh it it's the ones that have the passion that are willing to put that extra effort into the crop and like i said we see it between facility to facility how they operate the ones that care the most the quality comes out way better than the ones that are just like hey this is my nine to five job um i'm just here because like i was hired and i think what's key is like you build a good company culture and i think that we do a good job of really embracing everybody that we work with and including them into a lot of the decisions and i think that that helps as well as like you become a team as a unit and you're like and uh independent but yet dependent on each other you know what's interesting about the industry is like when we first came up let's say like early two early 2000s to late 2000s every product on the market was geared towards your product will be better the quality will be better you'll have more crystals it will be better for the last eight to five to eight years i've not heard that one thing for most products launched i'm not just across the board right <laughs> yeah. it's you'll get more and it will cost you less yeah Probably, and it's yeah. it's you see the shift in the industry where like when we first came up it was like yo you spray this for three weeks and you get more crystals it says that you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. it was every product was geared towards your quality or more crystal content or very few were back in the day where like you'll get more it, like there were a couple but it's interesting to see the other day i was looking i'm like every light there was like six different light companies none of them talked about quality they all talked about output oh yeah and yield yeah sure. and i was like what about the quality, quality of the yeah. spectrum i love that you keep bringing up quality because that's not talked about a lot these days Bro, we never say that we're better than anybody we just say we're unique we're a different product on the market space and we we're giving it at a great price point because we felt like and it goes back to josh's statement like he was already mixing fertilizers and we realized what the price difference really was and it came down to the point of saying like, let's just offer something different mm -hmm. and give people the ability to be unique. The calculator. Have you guys gone to our website? No. No? Have you gone to our website? Not yet. No. All right. You, I follow, go. you followed when you were in Arroyo. I was following closely. Okay, okay, like, damn, well, look at this guy. So go to jrcroptech.com. Okay. Go to our resources page. Mm -hmm. Download the documents. We're, we're giving free documents out there. There's a calculator for our nutrients. So that way you could adjust ratios once again, this brilliant brain here, he comes out with shit. He's like, yo, Ramsey, I got the new fucking thing. And I'm like, what did you invent now? What'd you come <laughs> out with? He's like, I got a calculator that will allow people to adjust the ratios and tell you exactly what it just does math for be. you. You don't know, but it just, it he sat there on Excel and put the time into yeah. making that. And then we give it out. Everybody, like anybody can download it. It's not going to work for any other nutrient but ours, but you get like the idea of being able to be unique within something. And well, I think a specific that's gravity like, one will just, yeah, that's just that's for sure. like those rotometer things on the Netaflex machines, you know, the little orange bobber, um, like those are calibrated for plain water. So if you put a salt solution through there, it's like how, you know, eggs float in salt water, but not in tap water. It makes the float float higher than it should. So you have to adjust for the specific gravity or the, you know, the amount of salt you put in that solution uh, to actually get the right flow rate reading on it. So you, we have a calculator on there. You can figure that out and adjust your machine. But the idea of all this stuff is that we're well, trying we have to get the info done for the crop tech stuff. We give you the specific gravity because I have that figured out. But for the for other products, you just you can just measure it. 
Terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's what you say. <laughs> yeah. Most, well, yeah, it's just what you weigh the a volume of of water, and then you weigh the exact same volume of whatever salt solution you're measuring, and then you just divide that. Like it's the you know it, you divide the uh, uh, the amount of water by or the the uh, amount of salt solution weight by the amount of water weight in grams, and that's your specific gravity number. A lot of what he's got in there is worth gold. Uh, you know, you just got to sit down and random like facts. read it. That's a nice part about he has a lot of it, it written out and we've been putting documents up so that you could read it, get a little bit more comprehension of what's going on. Um, and once again, like the whole concept is just provide the tools and then let everybody go to town with doing what they do. Um, and I think that's like the idea with most of what these like technologies and things are in general is just giving you the tools to figure out what your unique uniqueness is and then replicate it. Yeah. Where did the hemp company come in? All right. Yeah. It's a great question. <laughs> I love watching you do bro, that, bro. I thought bro, it was so neat. I actually have some CBG oil. Uh, I, I forgot to bring it out. So I'll have to grab it and get, uh, get it for you, but I have some CBG oil for you guys and uh, some CBN gummies. Um, but it came about because my wife and I always wanted to move back to the East coast. Uh, New Jersey was poised to go recreational. They had hemp legalized. Um, I was looking on the internet and I saw a farm for sale that was an hour outside of the city. And I was like, all right, that's somewhat feasible right there. Like we could do this, live there for a little bit. And then, uh, so I called up my buddy that he reached out to me a while back and was like wanting us to get involved on a project in Pennsylvania. It didn't come through because they gave out such limited licenses, whatever the situation we kept in touch. And so when I saw this, I was like, Hey, would you guys want to go down on this and, and buy a farm and we'll grow hemp and hopefully maybe you'll come into a THC license in the future. Um, high end hemp. Yeah. Hi. Just kind hemp. of coming yeah. in and like really growing a good quality flower. Cause everything I saw on the market was just complete brown. It had like no color to it, nothing at all. It was just like a, a brown product. Um, so <laughs> naive in myself, I went to the Jersey and we, we got the hemp hemp license and we bought the farm. I bought it sight unseen. They literally just sent me pictures and were like, Hey, this is like, this is a, the farm and what it looks like. It looks like a good foundation. The price point was right. Uh, so we bought it and then we started remodeling it right away. Just started clearing up all the fields. Shout out to Cameron and Kate, uh, you know, Jason and Jerry. They basically, we all got at it, you know, and just started going through. And then I tried growing Cali style on the East Coast, you know, high density crop, mold city, like fucking mold city. Like I've never seen so much bud rot in my life. I learned really, really quickly that caterpillars are real there. They have woods around the whole area so you have these like moth and they come and drop little eggs all over the place um so you had to learn about ipm for that area um and then i had to adjust planting densities and then you get these like monsoon rains on the east coast have you ever if you have you guys ever lived on the east coast in like new york we're Pennsylvania? both from florida i know florida okay yeah, there yeah. you go that's but, right that's yeah. right so you monsoon see monsoon is, rains yeah. you've seen better monsoon rains than i've seen that's for sure <laughs> But yeah, monsoons and you get like water gushing across because there's no berms on any of these houses. So the water just gushes underneath. So I was like, all right, that second year, it's like, I got to get the plants off the ground. So I took the benches out of the one greenhouse and cut it up. 
Um, and we took two by fours and just made simple plant stands. It was one tenth of the cost of buying gutters, um, like real, like proper, you know, agricultural gutters to grow on. So uh, we did that and then uh, we spaced everything out. We have one, uh, we have five feet between each row because you need that much airflow to prevent mold from showing up. Um, and then I've got sensors out there and do the same kind of substrate management, but it's all low tech. I use Trollmaster actually to set up the climate control. I literally learned that you shout could- Shout out to Mango Tech. Yeah, shout, shout out, yeah. Get you uh, some Mango Tech. Bro, yeah, it was, uh, I, uh, it was, it was the only affordable way mm-hmm to do this because I, we had a budget, like we don't, we already invested too much money into this. Like hemp is not an easy sale. Nobody, you don't get high off of it. So like the, the CBN gummies will help you sleep. Like the CBG 100%, I take it every morning. I helps me focus. I have ADHD. And I think that's something that's like changed my life a little bit in that sense, but it's not like a a huge grossing thing. Like uh, we, we have a long way to go before a dollar that any of us invested will go into it. Cause we just kind of like, it's like a fun project more than anything. And I think that, uh, uh, it's hard to sometimes compete against larger States and, uh, in terms of like Oregon and stuff that are just producing so much product. but there's always a market for boutique. And I think that's the cool thing that hemp shows as well is that no matter how saturated this gets, if you put a quality product out, like no matter where it is in its stage of growth, like, you're going to have sales, but if you don't put a quality product out, then it won't go anywhere. And a team is everything like you doesn't, you could be great by yourself, but if you don't have somebody else, and I think that it's a blessing in my life, once again, that Josh and I got connected where we balance everything off of each other, you know, like uh, what he accelerates at, you know, I have to read over what he writes me in text, like sometimes three or four times, because it's so much information in one piece because your brain is so well it's no it's so (laughs) it's so advanced actually that you think through everything where with somebody like myself that has adhd you can overlook things pretty quickly i get (laughs) hyper focused on certain things and sometimes have like blinders to others so it takes a couple times of reading to be like all right i understand what you're getting at and i mean he'll come in and be like all right here I'll be like, here's the issue that I'm seeing. What is your, you know, advice on that? And with my hemp team, they they come through because they set up everything else in the business. And all I have to do is worry about the farming side. Like growing tomatoes and stuff was a long shot. I was like, we have all this empty greenhouse. Let's do this. And we found sales for it because once again, a quality product in a saturated market, people like. Um, you know, there's no good local produce that's grown hydroponically. You know, there's a lot of field grown stuff, but that limits when in the season you're getting it. Um, so that, I think that all these things kind of give me a zone to play in, um, and an outlet for peace because like it it kind of just is fun to do something where you're not being judged at every like minute of life. Um, I think something special about doing something that's non-threatening, you know, uh, the more you do in this industry, the more people fucking come at you. Like, uh, it's been hard, you know, like I'll, I'll say to the, the most modest and humbleness of all this is just like, it's fucking hard out there. You know, they get at you every fucking day. Like they try any time you step forward, like I try and I can't even post about my daughter now because of how ruthless these guys are. Like they fucking take pictures talking about the trolls. Yeah. The cannabis that come out, the motherfuckers out there. 
bro, they get out there and there's real, there's real trolls in this industry too. Mm -hmm. Like real people that, you know, will talk to you. Yeah. Full of hate. Talk to your face as if you're really something and then they'll be on your backside doing something different. And I think that it, it's like, doesn't make sense to somebody that's been in it because we know there's so much, no matter what I do, I could grow massive farm. If you got better products, it's going to sell. It doesn't matter what I do. Like there's always better local. Think about craft beer. Like you go local anywhere. You could pick up something there. That restaurant only sells this local beer. They made that connection. That's that deal. You're going to drink it and you're going to enjoy it. Like you're going to be thankful that you got experience of that. That was part of going to that area. Um, and so that's why I think that it's like crazy that people, if I post that I'm with somebody, they fucking sit there and trash talk. The first words that they've said to me in a long time is how bad. And I look at them, they have a grow and they have a business. And I'm like, yo, are you that insecure about your product? Like that you got to sit here and trash talk that guy's hard work that pays for food on his table and for his kids. Like what that, that's what they don't understand is like, you know, flagging every one of Josh's posts, dude, he's got novels in those things like (laughs) you can't get that back like i read those things sometimes like that's gone posting his kids on a fake page like that shit's ridiculous go into my parents pages and find or my wife's and finding pictures of my kids and posting this is weird why are you taking pictures of my kids dude like what do you need that out there what do you mean making a (laughs) profile or something yeah yeah yeah. trying to scam people or something Uh, you know it's a part of the business it is but it's crazy it's like yo there's certain levels of take as much photos of me as you want take as much like straight up take all the weed pictures of me take all the photos of me get at your hustle i'm Go at it. Don't do my daughter though. That's yeah. fucked. That's fucked up shit. Yeah. That's when it crosses the line of like, yo, like, nah, I'm not for that. That's not okay. There's certain levels of respect, and in any industry, you better like. The the problem, Ramsey, is that the internet doesn't know respect. There's no <laughs> respect in the internet. But it translates into real world too. It does at times. Yeah, Funny how things happen. Absolutely, <laughs> things always pop up. Yeah, you know, and people that um, are talking big on the internet, I've never met one that I'm like, damn. It's usually people that you there's nothing to worry about. Like, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> I get you on that. No, I get you on that. I've never met a serious ass dude, and he's like, I'm the motherfucker you've been talking to on the internet. Like, oh shit. Or that's doing or, or or I'm the motherfucker that's been trolling your ass. Yeah. It's been fucking posting your 100%, family and shit. It's right. like wait, what? You know, but it's usually people with some mental issues and it's tra- it's trauma and shit. It's, it's have you guys it's, ever been hustled? Of oh, course, God. bro. Yeah. Just for even I still IG services. To me. Yeah. Alone. You know, I mean, it's fucking endless. Have you guys ever been hustled in real life? Of course. Without, without outside time. of cannabis? No, only in cannabis. Yeah. Oh, I my don't God. know what else I get. You know I how many, you're not getting hustled you know how many on other things. Well, I've been hustled on investments. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a big one, too. I know a lot of people that have been hustled on investments. You know, real con men. Yeah. Good. They yeah. wouldn't have got any of us. Uh, people yeah. are like, how they get. No, no, I know. No, it they, doesn't happen the first week. Yeah. Yeah. A right. year and a half in, you're watching yeah, you're them right. fuck up millions of dollars. Yeah. You're like, this dude's rich as hell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's rich. I, I have a few. <laughs> you are going to be. <laughs> His ta- he's not paying nobody. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. 
You're 100% take, take, right. Take, 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 take. And they, they're professionals. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, and I think every businessman is going to have to go through that. And like, for me, I've yeah. been through it in a million different ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And with, with right now in life, like the way I'm building is that like, I'm building it so nobody can take this shit. Mm-hmm. Nobody. You gotta, nobody you gotta have all the control. Yeah. Nobody can fuck my bag up anymore. Yeah. Cause it's on me. Yeah. And every time I like, e- even like years Years later, like two, three years getting over some shit where it's like, man, you mentally take a hit where you're just hard on yourself. You question everything. Fuck, dude. Like it fucks you on on a lot of progress, really. Let's say that. Right. And you finally get to this point and you're just like, yo, you know, maybe it had to sting that fucking hard for me to learn my fucking lesson, but never again, (laughs) never again. And, (laughs) you know, just for anyone out there that wants to invest in shit, uh, side note. There's ways you can invest where you are in control of your own money. Do not give anyone your money. Yeah. yeah do not. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. If they got millions of dollars, they say, we're going to put you in the real estate. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to start this uh, website. Yada, yada. Look, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, chances are you are not, you don't have the means to be a real investor. You're not a venture capitalist. You don't have access to millions of dollars. You don't want to use your own money. Wealthy people, rich people. They don't use their own money in, the, in a lot of these deals. I'm learning how that gets yeah. laid. They don't. Uh, it's uh, debt. Money is debt. Yeah. You have to learn that. That's for another episode, but yeah. money is debt. <laughs> Maybe we'll get on checking in on the Patreon Pow. and put that shit on there and go crazy. But it, I feel you on that. Totally. Like, you, But you, I think you, that that's a big thing that people don't talk about and don't realize don't. is that there's a lot of hustlers out there right now. And there's they, a lot of people that will run you believing that something's going to happen. And look, what we've experienced, and I think that's like the most humbling part about all this is that when you start chasing the dollar, things happen in a way that if you were not chasing and just took the blinders off, never you see it. And I think that having good teammates and people you could bounce things off of is crucial because, you know, we've been hustled recently. And like, I mean, in that we, we basically realize though more about how we work with the next group of people as well. And I yeah. think that um to bring it back of your question the people that are good they've been through a lot of all this bullshit and they start learning from each one of those and that's why i think our our whole network is kind of starting to come back together again because you go back to the people that you trusted before because they, they were they had your back the whole time they came through for you yeah, yeah. they had your even back even if you had differences yes mm-hmm. you still got taken care of yeah because yeah. everyone started acting like that wasn't good enough but now everyone's getting the serious dose of reality mm-hmm. and they're coming back around to being like, wait, at least they did what they said they would do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah. fuck. Yes. <laughs> right. You know, that's literally yeah. what life's coming back around to. So yeah. I they fulfilled their that. commitment. They're real totally. commitment to you. And you start building up these <laughs> like, messed up that that's you, like, holy you know shit. Awesome. Awesome. You know what I think like it is? It's a real part about it business is, and it life is, right so, now that they yeah. don't talk about. Nobody wants to talk about the realities of it, but that's the reality of it. Ramsey, I feel like. And for anyone listening, I feel like um, it's it's having a peer 10 to 20 years older than you that is far more experienced in business, life, people, partners, deals, contracts. Yeah. And being able to call them and being like, hey, because I already know with mine personally, I just made the decision. Mm-hmm. I was so fucking duped. I didn't call anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why would I have? Right. Like mm-hmm. it was just like, oh. And it's like, if I would have called three of my, my people that I'm confident in, all three of them would have been like, dude, no, no. And by the third one, you think different. Yeah. Mm. So that's where I know I fucked up. And that's for anyone listening. It's like, and for you guys, like, it's like, that's what we have to do moving forward. Because yeah. if you're a good person, 
and you do what you say you do, and you're a professional, especially in this industry, there is a need for you, a high need for you. And the last thing we need is for all the fucking professionals in this industry to be burnt out by all the fucking con men. Yes. Right. And and that's what's been the, I mean, that's, what's been the, the track record. Right. But moving forward, we don't have to do that. We can conduct like business and, you know, it's getting better for sure. And now I feel more confident ever ever saying you get to pick who you work with. Yes. Uh, Everyone's going to want, if you're good at what you do, everyone needs you. Everyone. Be patient. So pick who you fucking want to work with and stick with quality. Knowing who you're working with is key to all this stuff. And that, I think that's where, like, where this conversation really started. The hemp farm has been great because we get to work with really, really good people. None of us are greedy in the sense that we understand making a dollar now is not worth it in the sense that we rather make money in the future. And if we're having fun while doing it, then it's, it's worth every step of the way. Um, not everything has to be profitable right away. Josh and I took a lot of L's. Uh, we were really patient still to this day. We know that saving is really important and having a good teammate um, with your wife, with your kids, with your business partners, because the people that you business partner with, you're going to spend just as much ta- time talking to as you will your own wife and your kids and figuring out how to balance that and people that respect that. And I think that's like a big piece to all of this is just respecting each other. Um, yeah, absolutely. As men, it's, just, it's respect. That's what's needed, generally, just respect, you know, for sure. Moving forward, I mean, this nutrient company, it's interesting because you've been talking to me about this for for some time now, and I I know we got to catch up, Um, but what's the angle that you guys are kind of going after with the nutrient company? Is it it to be more cost effective? Is it to, you know? It was, you know, originally it was mainly to just, like get rid of the calcium nitrate bullshit, right? Like okay. the, the, what, I see so, a lot of bags. So talk to us about that. Well, yeah, like a lot of the, uh, the cannabis nutrients out there, you'd see a lot of rebag, just straight calcium nitrate, right? Like they didn't do anything to it. They didn't try to add any value to it. They just zip one bag, pour it in another zip and charge, and it's fucking you know, 10 X what I paid, what I paid for it, you know? So it's, it, it was a lot of just because cannabis <laughs> growers didn't know much about fertilizer chemistry and like what you could get and what it was all made out of anyways, they were just taking advantage of that to get a, a huge margin on something that you could go buy, you know, 30, 30 bucks for a 50 pound bag is, is calcium nitrate. And that, you know, that's a big part of the, nitrogen and calcium needs of the the plant for most fertilizers and you know for in my opinion you know it, it, you can't really hit the calcium target with just calcium nitrate because then it just comes with too much nitrogen so and you see a lot of the, the like the curl the little leaves curling um right like at the end of stretch when the buds start start to poof up right um <clears throat> that that little curl is a nitrogen toxicity symptom um, and we, we see it all over the place and it was you know basically if you just have that calcium nitrate as your you'll, your sole source of calcium then going up to your calcium target brings you into nitrogen toxicity but so you could bring it down but then you're into calcium deficiency and then you wind up with more bud rot and and just not as good growth in general because they're they're uh, pretty calcium hungry but the uh yeah, it's a dumb term but they um but so you know having a different source of calcium was was 
the only way to fix that. And I mean, calcium chloride is the amount that you need to add to hit the target isn't enough to bring anywhere near a noticeable amount of chloride to the plant, um, at least in like a drained waste system. If you're recirculating, recirculating and keep reusing your runoff um, in like a closed system, then that chloride could build up over time. So that that's a little tougher. But there's other options. You know, there's calcium EDTA. It's just it cost, you know, it's more expensive. Like that's, that's probably, I think it's like $300 a bag or something like that, where calcium nitrate 30 bucks. So, or calcium chlorides 30 bucks. So it's uh, quite a bit more expensive, but if you're in the typical cannabis setup and a drain to waste, you know, calcium chloride works well. So we, we figured, you know, we're not really adding any value to make a part that's just that calcium nitrate, calcium chloride, because you just put all the micronutrients and all the P and K, it's sulfur, you know, magnesium, all that stuff. Or in the uh, in the other part, you just can't have the calcium in there because the calcium reacts with any phosphate and sulfate when it's in a concentrated form. Right. So that's why you have to have that part A, part B set up. But so, you know, in a in a typical, you know, like ag fertilizer, they put all the micronutrients in one part. Um, for the most part, sometimes they put a little iron in the calcium nitrate one, like if they're mixing their own, cause it just made sense to do, but they had, you know, 12 parts they have to put into the, the fertilizer uh, tank and measure each one out by hand, which isn't really feasible for most um, commercial production in, in cannabis. Cause it's just, it's really time consuming. It's technical. It's, it's really costly if you screw up with those micronutrient levels. If, you know, you accidentally somehow your scales off a little bit or something, you, you kill your whole building worth of plants, you know, pretty quickly. So it's, you know, it can be so, so having like a, a part A, part B setup where you have all your micronutrients in one, then you have your calcium nitrate and your calcium chloride in the other. Um, and, you know, you have all your PK, sulfur, all that stuff in, in the uh this tank so we weren't really going to be adding any value to this one so let people just go buy that you know you can go pick up your own calcium nitrate your own calcium chloride throw it in that tank in that stock tank and then you buy the jr crop tech you put it in this tank and then there you go you have your recipe and so that that part b or part a or what you know whichever part you want to call it um that would normally cost a lot of money now cost you know 30 bucks for 50 pounds so it's uh, um it, it it saves a lot of money in that way. We also don't we don't mark it up insane amounts. So I we, think the key with the product is is that it's well balanced. All right, it, it's a value add because you don't have to buy a cal a repackaged calcium nitrate, and then we allow for you to lower nitrogen levels because Josh figured out the right ratios. Um, and then when you can play with it, you can the tools, you can play with the amount of calcium nitrogen by altering the, the amount you put in your stock tank, right? So calcium nitrate calculator calcium that I was talking about before. Yeah. So like the, the concept of what basically drove it is Josh figured out a really good formula. He realized that lowering the nitrogen levels is what was needed to help also bring color through. Um, I mean, as you can see, well, our, it's, our it's balanced at the milli equivalent well. level, right? So it it's not the parts per million of, you know, you have 120 parts per million nitrogen, you know, 150p, 350k, whatever, you know, those are numbers that a lot of people talk in, but the milli equivalent takes into account the atomic mass and the, um, um, uh, the charge strength of the ion that's actually dissolved in the water. So it's more like anthropomorphic, but to say like the plant feels 
like how much of each one is in the uh, solution. So it's balanced at that level to where, you know, the milli equivalent of calcium it is the same as the milli equivalent of potassium, but it's, you know, 180 to 350 if you're talking parts per million. So it's, it's, but it's balanced in a way to keep, well, to keep things in solution too, but in, a, in the best way that we've figured out for the plant so far, based on all the tissue testing we've done over the years and, and just, you know, hundreds of thousands of trial and error plants. And it's um, something different. Like, I, yeah. like I said, again, we're not sitting here and I'll tell every grower, choose what works for you. Like, I don't want to convert yeah. you because we're the next different thing. If you want to try something different, we have something out there different. Um, we, we, we really believe in delivering something that's unique and that's what Josh created in the formula and created in the calculator where it gives you that ability to be unique. Um, and I think that we offer the product at a really fair price because we're not sitting here trying to charge and add a bunch of things to it. And that's kind of a, a, a unique opportunity for the grower itself is like, Hey, I could buy the calcium at a very fair price. I could use yours. I could play with the ratios of everything to hit my targets. And I think that's kind of a, a unique opportunity that most growers haven't because when you're playing around with ratios with other things, you're kind of guessing what your result is. We give you a means once again of like being able to see what that result is as you're making those live decisions. Um, and I think that's the fun part about it again, is that you get to be unique within a brand itself and you're not having to look up a different chart every month. You could create it yourself. Well, and in most genetics and in, in my experience, at least like the, really the only thing that varies much at all in a, between, you know, genetic to genetic is the nitrogen needs and the calcium needs of that particular one. So the rest of the stuff, you know, the, at least as far as what we've been growing, it's pretty much always the same ratios that seem to do the best. So kind of keeping that as a standard with the micronutrients at all at the right levels and ratios and whatnot, and then being able to play with that calcium and nitrogen uh, ratio to to dial in the specific genetic is, is kind of the plan for it. Yeah. What have you been growing in lately? Are you doing rock wool, cocoa, soil, rock wool, rock wool. Okay. And then I use, I've been running botanic hair, okay. but with some advanced line plus okay. back guano and a few other things. Okay. Uh, we we've adjusted our formula recently because <clears throat> I didn't think it was getting the output. I, I've, I've usually had the quality. I just can never hit my numbers. Okay. Right. So we also started to crop steer, but, but just basically having my waterings and starting to space them out and starting to cut them back and starting to adjust them to now we're watering. I think we're going into week five and we're watering four or five times a day. Okay. Uh, we use Netafim. Yeah. Absolutely love them. Pressure. <laughs> I like, I mean, absolutely love them. Yeah. The setting okay. difference between that and DPS panels and we're still rocking double ended. We okay. built out a new facility. And That's when awesome. they said like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to go backwards. Yeah. I was just being a weirdo. I had, <clears throat> we had run 16 lights of three different brands of LED and I was seeing the same strain being run under a double ended. And I was having a hard time figuring out like, why, why do I like this weed better? And, and I, what was happening too, is the weed was getting to certain people and they were being like, this batch is fire. And then I would get them the LED version. This is just at the time. Right. And they would be like, why is this batch different? Or why doesn't this taste like, and they wouldn't even know the difference. Only I knew the difference. 
So I started to adjust the lights because I realized this too. We were all buying the same bulb no matter what housing you were using, mm -hmm. right? So you're, we were all having a very similar spectrum yeah. output with the plants. Well, now yeah. when you buy into an LED company, except for the adjustable ones, but even then they're not, of them, not a lot of them are supplying UV or red spectrum. And so you're buying into the company, but also the spectrum they're selling you. Yep. You have yeah. to, uh, and so and there's it, a lot of variables. I like LEDs. I still run some LEDs. I just, for our flower, I wanted to go back into something that I felt like this is the way I know I can put out the best flower I can put out. And then I'll still keep playing with 16 LEDs or 25 LEDs or 40, whatever it is right at the time. I've gone through, I'm on my fourth or fifth LED company. Every mm. year, I literally will switch out all the LEDs. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm like, I'm not happy enough. I don't like them yeah. enough. I don't, you know, but I think it's a long, like growing is like that guy who rolls sushi and he's like 90 years old. That's the guy who like, and he's always chasing this forever. I'm going to get better until the end of my life. And at the end of my life, hopefully I'm the best I've been. Maybe not perfect, but I'm the best I've been. It's the same, right? Yeah. And so I, I mean, think we're always learning. We're always adapting yeah, and growing changing. Is that. Absolutely. Everything, our SOPs are are an open document yeah. it doesn't stop changing like yeah. things keep evolving um i think that's part of growing right yeah we're growing as people too but that's yeah. why when people are like well this is the way i do it and this is this <laughs> because those are the yeah. trolls you're talking yeah. about though that's that's that guy though where like every year i've learned so much like when we came out here together the 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 struggles we had together are so different than the struggles I have now. Yeah. But that just shows yeah. me like, okay, I got past that. Now I'm learning new shit and exactly. I'm struggling to figure this out, to figure out crop steering, to figure out two different forms of calcium, <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Shout yeah. out Slow Nickel. I, 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 I like watching pages and reading. Yo, you know? his <laughs> boning technique, fucking wild. I tried it. I was like, I seeing everybody on IG trying this boning technique and I was like, all right, can this really fucking work? Did you try it? I haven't yet. Okay. Well, I watch a lot though. So and I'm like, hmm. Basically the bottom of the stem. Oh, sticking through, it through. I'm seeing yeah. all these people tagging him and showing how to do it. And I'm like, can this really work? And so I tried it. It did work. I was fucking impressed. Hmm. Um, but in commercial production, high volume, it's hard to like just hit that on the mark every time. So uh, even using the slice ones, we were just finding it was easier to stick them in there and be done with it but uh it, it worked i was like really impressed within five days i saw roots coming off the bottom it calloused over and like roots were poking off the bottom and i was like what the fuck i would have never thought i always told everybody don't ever poke it through so life lessons that you don't you know there's no such thing as never you know like that, that never changed i was like wait i can't believe i'm telling somebody to take the stem and poke it all the way through the bottom it's of a human environment and, and it's crazy like it's a crazy yeah. thought but you, you yeah. Yeah. this cool. is so different oxygen. i feel yeah. like we're learning it's such a fast ratio and we learned a lot from big ag but mm -hmm. also yeah. just stuff like this there's guys in basements trying to absolutely I'm gonna do it like Bam. this this time and i'm gonna cut the leaf sideways and i'm gonna split Bam. the end of the clone and i'm gonna <laughs> yeah you know yeah. i'm gonna use aloe instead of this and i'm gonna do four different cloning gels and i'm gonna figure out which clone roots the the, the amount of Bam. tech happening in our industry is like absolutely insane oh, yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, mixing that commercial ag and the stuff that we learned before we had access to commercial ag. That's that's where you find things that really work with cannabis plant. Because we like none of that that like stuff from 10, 20 years ago is is bad info or bad practice. It was learning the learning process. And 
that's what we need to learn from to to be able to start out with the the big ag stuff at all because you, you they don't know anything about the plant i've i mean there's there's college professors that that need to a lot of help in learning how to grow that plant to be able to do research on it like we we do uh, we do work with um Galen Campbell from uh, Meter Group and uh, Bruce Bugby, Utah State and whatnot. I mean, they, he doesn't need our help to grow, but he, uh, you know, the things that we're telling him, he's just like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like, what? no plant acts like that. And then he runs trials on it and he's like, no plant acts like this, but this one does. It's crazy. Like, it, well, it's he, unique, he ran like eight ADC in a, in a deep water culture system and it didn't kill the plant. He was like, it just increased harvest index, which was just... Uh, like a, a percent dry matter that went to like the harvestable portion of the plant basically. Um, but uh, so yeah, it's, it's a very interesting and weird plant, but that, that makes it a lot more fun too, because it's, it's the wild west of the, the research of it. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to be done. There's none of the foundational stuff really. Well, to your point, we're always learning. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to be for the rest of our natural lives if we work in this industry, because it's going to take a long time to figure all that out. It's, there's lifetimes of work just in figuring out what nitrogen rates at what time of the plant's life are the most optimal and most efficient for that nitrogen use and all that kind of stuff. And you know, that stuff that with other crops took 20, 30, 40 years to figure out. So it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, but that's a beautiful, but we get to play in that because we're, we're starting out early on in the, the legalization of the crop. So we get to be there when all this stuff gets figured out. It's pretty fun. You yeah. Think federal legalizations yeah. on the way. I believe yeah. so. I think it's going to be the same Eventually. level as alcohol where they like acknowledge that it's, they exist, but they never really set any laws. Each state demands their own thing. Enough states are doing this interstate treaty that they're signing right now, which is pretty, pretty exciting. Um, I think that it's not going to change a whole lot in terms of like the difference of what's going on with our industry. There's definitely going to be some players that take the the mass industrial scale, and then you're going to have a lot of players that buy the local. Um, and I think that's going to be the the ones that really hit it. You know, my favorite. Do you have a favorite beer company? Do you have a favorite like Fat Tire or Sunshine out of okay. Colorado? I forget what company it is, but yeah. What about do you, what's what do you like outside of cannabis? Hard liquor. Hard liquor. <laughs> hard liquor. <laughs> is there a brand of hard liquor that you like more than another? Um, I mean, you know, Don Julio tequila. Okay, you know. So yeah, all right. Become the Don Julio. Like they're yeah. large enough the distribution that you could go everywhere. Ooh. All right. And they are seen as quality. And I think there's going to be people that arise to that level. And there's going to be people that start small and get the whole local area right. going for them. And then there um, will be the Budweiser's too. Yeah. You know, the, the people that do the mass production for, you know, and damn the, right. Yeah. It'll, it'll yeah. be out there. Right. It's going to be there. I mean, yeah. I think it's uh if you look at Canada, go get a pack uh, of joints like of the, you have all the pop, pop vodka or whatever you want to compare it to. And they're yeah. There's going to be the cheapy option. Yeah. Yeah. That's good though. There's all tiers and everyone yeah. wants different tiers, right? And it's like sometimes when you're celebrating a birthday or a graduation or or you know, whatever it is, you want that Dom P. Them. And sometimes you're like, just take them a bottle of this, or we're yeah, just gonna them. try it, there's different times for everything. And it's yes. like, you know, that's what I see cannabis getting to is like some people grabbing something mid-range for 25 and eighth. Like we're talking, you know, or something like man i want to splurge i want that thousand dollar ounce right oh now. yeah you know, which is, it's, there's a thousand so, dollar ounce 
Yeah, those that's Cali. Quite the ounce. Oh, bro, you didn't know about Ooh, some? Wow. Who's doing that? I don't know. You've heard about that, I've never heard, heard it, names? but I'm I've never sure heard there's that. people that are no, out there doing it. There's, yeah. there's four or five brands right now getting that that I know of. Wow. I know it's, you know. <laughs> what are you, why are you being like What that? are their names, man? <laughs> You want to shout that about? You know about that, Josh? No, I never personally heard of it because yeah. I'm in the, a completely no, different market. But <laughs> don't let this guy play with you. This is the guy who bought them and showed me half of them. Hold <laughs> 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 right there. I hear about it. Wait, 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 wait. Is it worth it? Oh, that's the question. That's the question. Woo, thousand. Is it worth it, Ramsey? I have the beholder. And how much money you make? <laughs> like, well, let's be real. It's all in perspective. Like, if well, you're making yeah. that kind of money, that a thousand dollars is fair for you to spend but, on a luxury. By all means, enjoy it in the way you want, because you would have, right or wrong, though, you would have to smoke it to decide if it would be worth a thousand. One hundred percent. Even if it was, if a you didn't get a taste test, no, I would no. start to question your sanity. No, well, no, you don't get a taste test. You don't get a taste no. test, and you bought it blind set. Like you that? have to. I mean, mm. you if have you're to. serious about your craft, you got to see what the fuck's <sighs> out there. People look at you crazy, but. Yeah, motherfucker, I tried. You did it with <laughs> so I know what time it you is. You did it with guess what, Ramsey? Mm. Guess how many times I went back and bought another jar? Any how of these brands? None. None. Mm. One no. of them was sixteen hundred ounce. Wow. Fuck. None. And it was the worst one. It was the worst one. Wow. It was the worst one. So for all you at home, yeah, you heard it. <laughs> you know what it is. Damn. I can't believe you tried it without facts. Damn. We got it. We're first smoking facts. the day. Crazy. I know. It would be right here on this desk. I would be smoking it right now. Fuck. If it was worth what it is. You know what I mean? But I can get much better for three, four hundred. Damn. 250, I can't you know? believe I'm still racking my brain yeah. around the fact that you did that. We made a real nice little stir of it, you know, yeah, but we you bought know, I can't be mentioned in the small time dues. Yeah, two yeah, different yeah. ounces at 1600 and ounce. tried them both. Then we tried the $1,300 ounces that are out yeah, there. You, no, you know what it is though? That makes me no, like, you know what it is, is that I hear about I'm it. I see up. it. My homies talk about it. I want to try it. I want to try it. Yeah. I feel like I want to try it, but I guess I'm fucking up. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know the value like, of our own product. Why is that worth? Why is that a thousand dollars now? Say, I'm like <laughs> some weren't you know good, some weren't potent. They're, they're mm -hmm. not trash by any means. I'm not oh. saying that. What's your but, favorite type of flower? Indoor greenhouse, outdoor, mixed light. Okay, indoor. Indoor. I'm a Z guy. Okay, I like strain those. specific. Um, but yeah, it's it's just like it's not that the burn wasn't good. This, but it came down to a flavor thing. Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Flavor. I mean, that's everything in life uh, right now all about flavor and if it just is lacking the flavor how could it be that. a thousand yeah, yeah right I feel yeah. You on that like how could it be a thousand you it's didn't got get a it's got to hit like, every mark the, the taste did not transfer yeah in the flower form so yeah, yeah. that's to me you know what i mean nowadays. and you know there's there's some people out there and some batches out there i'm sure you know i've had i've had good batches of it but it's like is it worth a thousand is it 800 is it you gotta be very confident. Zip. I have a question. Mm -hmm. How did they deliver it to you? Was it in a glass jar? What was like? What was the vessel? Yeah, jars. Like glass jars. 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 Myron, most no of them are Myron, the black okay. Myron jars. Okay, damn. Most or of them Mason, come in that. You know, whatever. Or Mason, yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think there's so much that goes into this still to this day of what makes a good, and that's the debate in general is like what takes your product to the next level. Um, and the more people I talk to, one, the more I learn as well that 
a lot of it's still in the curing process too. Like we could do a banger job growing it. And then if everything doesn't hit right on the curing process and that, that initial like drying through process, um, it really does change the quality of the product. Um, you know, moisture content in the flower has a big effect on the smoke because too dry, it smokes harsh, too wet, it doesn't burn right. So like you, you have to hit every one of these notes. Um, and then storage, uh, it's why I think everybody's so crazy about perps. Like you can keep that shit fucking forever and it always looks good. You know, like it, always, it continues to look good as like it ages for quite some time. Other strains, not so much. So you have like a, you have to kind of understand what, what, what the, what that demographic is going to go to and how long it might sit on the shelf or how my long, how long it might sit in transit. And I think that's why the perps are so great at selling is like, you can look at that in a couple months and it's going to look just as good. Um, and I think though the good curators, the people that are out there right now doing a great job curating product, they're seeking out the product that was aged and cured properly, maintained correctly is burning with a great flavor because even in our batches, if it doesn't go to full term, um, so it kind of brings back like the whole senescence things. Like, you know, it, it, I think that's what drives a lot of this because I've gone to enough grows now and smoked enough product to know that it, I've tasted product that burns white with flushing and I've tasted it without flushing. So I know that it has nothing to do with that because some of the best growers I know, they don't flush and like everybody's buying their product and they love it. And I think that that's like kind of a key is that if we figure out what is the, the what is congruent and cross everybody that's doing something is they're allowing the plant to ripen all the way. And that's what brings out a lot of the oils, obviously genetic related as well too. who's doing a good job, pheno hunting and finding the right genetic that everybody's going to enjoy smoking, but who let that plant go all the way. Um, and that's harder and harder to find in this industry because everybody's so driven by that bottom dollar. Um, they take away some of the art in this where they're like, all right, fuck, I can't. What do you mean? Go two more, two more days. Like fucking <laughs> crazy, man. This is crazy. Like, go two more weeks. Yes. Yeah, like, exactly. They want to cut down on that 60 mark. So yeah. you want to grow fat. So it's going to be like 90 days at least. Yeah. Come on guys. We get, we get our best push at week eight to nine, nine to 10 sometimes, or like I'd say eight to nine, right? Like we, sometimes we are trying to cut stuff down at 65 and it's like, man, when we go that 75, woo. Bam. I mean, but that's, but that's what makes the product these days. So like, that's what really, who let it get all of its true characteristics and go the full distance um, and then harvest it. And I think that that's kind of what we're still learning a lot about. And we're running trials to this day of like, how do you get the most color out? Um, cool little free tip is like, cut the light down the last three days. It pulls so much more color, like crazy fast, like crazy fast. Like it just is like astonishing how wow. much darker your product will get just the last three days. Like it doesn't need to be a long time. It just needs to be three days of like a lower light level, higher ECs and you're like, color just starts pulling through a lot more yeah um you don't have to drop the temperature super low like, yeah we're like 75 degrees or something like that i think we were it actually still gets purple josh was actually pointing it out the most the other day when we were in another facility and you could see how between the lights the plants that were between it were straight black like purple all the way through and the ones right underneath the light had no purple at all they were still like green with like a little bit of purple coming through and that's the only key difference and, you know, taking these things and 
it just verifies like what we're doing is actually on the right track. Well, it's another stressor another, too, I assume. I mean, but nobody really knows why the why that that you know that happens or the actual like biological mechanism for it right now or why that stems to do this or that or turn purple or whatever. You know, we know how to fix it. And we know if you're under LEDs and you see purple stems, usually raise your EC as long as your climate's good and, and they'll go away. But, uh, you know, as long as your, your uh, fertilizer mix is balanced too. Can't, some of it, you know, if you have way too much nitrogen, you're going to like send it into that like super toxic level by raising it too high. So you do have to like adjust certain things, but ours is definitely meant to run under LED and, or, and HPS. I mean, it does. We also used it for all of NorCal's facilities that were, you know, 40,000 square feet of HPS and uh, the, the same basic recipe. I, I used to make it out of raw salts, basically. Um, that was before we released CropTech, but they've been using it for, or that, that same, those same part per million targets of each nutrient um, for a few years now. Yeah. Um, Is there a certain LED company you rock with or you um, stand by? Right now, I mean, we're always testing more. Mm -hmm. We're running a lot of inlights right now. Um, it just was a great, we great just noticed place. it was a good spectrum too. Like it, it helped with the, not extend the flowering time. Like we noticed that some of them for some reason seemed to send the plant a little more in a like vegetative state and it would extend the, the flowering time just as much as, you know, irrigating too frequently or dropping your EC too low or having too much nitrogen does at the end of flower. Like any one of those things can make your plant, your plant not finish as quickly as it otherwise would. Um, you'll see like the new white hairs shoot out at like at week seven or eight. And you're like, what the hell's going on? Uh, they're foxtailing out all crazy. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people push it super vegetative during that bulking period of the flowers, uh, uh, you know, after the stretch is over. And uh, some, sometimes you, you can definitely take that way too far and, and turn your thing, your uh, buds into these airy foxtailed junk that nobody wants to buy. Um, so that, you know, it's it's figuring out how much adjustment each species or each each uh, genetic can take and uh, and what it what it performs best with uh, gives you the best result and bud structure for us um, under the different different style of lights require different things different ECs different this that um, but we find I mean with JR Crop Tech it's you know as long as you're under or over like 800 micromoles of led like you got to start at three five basically um and kind of go up from there as long as you're you know your environment's similar to what we run you know high high temperature 85 degrees or so 70 75 percent humidity that like 1.0 to 1.2 vpd um then yeah it's it you know high ec is because you you know under under the LEDs they don't have that that infrared radiated heat right so that that draws a lot of water out of the plant just in and of itself under HPS or sunlight right like sunlight they can take two thousand micromoles just fine because there's actually a larger fraction of the light that goes to infrared and HPS light per unit of par than there is in sunlight so we can only go up to like a thousand with with HPS before we start burning the plant with that radiative heat right. So when you go to LEDs, mo you know, 99% of LEDs out there don't have an infrared fraction at all. They don't put any infrared diodes in there because they're expensive and they, they eat up juice for no reason, basically. Um, so that's why we have to run the, warm the room warmer, you know, a little bit higher VPD maybe than we would an HPS facility. Um, but it's also why we have to use a higher EC because the, 
the amount of photons coming in, say, say, you know, we're comparing a thousand micromoles of HPS to a thousand micromoles of LED, right? The same total number of photons are hitting the plant surface, which means the plant can grow the same total amount. And so the amount of nutrients needed to do that is the same for both plants, but the plant under LEDs is transpiring less water volume uh, over time. So in, you know, the HPS plant, you need a lower EC because it's bringing all this water up and transpiring it off super quickly. Under LED, your water use efficiency increases in the plant, but it means we have to get it that same amount of nutrition in a smaller volume of water, which means increase your concentration or EC. I don't know why I went into that, but I did. That's big game. No, that's big game. (laughs) Well, I think the keys is like under each each lighting there's different techniques so you talked about hps lights where you got ripening and you know having that process happen um it's a little bit different under an led light where we don't have that radiation so things kind of play a little bit different (coughs) under each environment and each lighting and understanding how to pull those cues out um, is what we're kind of trying to trigger and that's the advantage of an led josh actually taught me this about uh, the spectrum about how you can't actually dim an HPS light. I never knew that. Did you oh, know you that? Sh- you can, but you shouldn't. Well, you should. Well, and, and you so really well, shouldn't dim you should a metal halide. Why you shouldn't dim an HPS light? Well, yeah, with HPS, I mean, if what you know, they're, that bulb is is designed to operate at that voltage, uh, and if you start reducing that, it, it affects the frequency that it fires at. Right, so. It, it affects the spectrum that the plant gets and it starts turning it more. I think it was more towards the yellow side, which the plant doesn't use as much as the red side. Right. So you wind up losing a lot more than just the percentage and voltage that you drop. Um, but un- it's not as bad under HPS because it's still usable light. But under metal halide, it turns the light green. And the plant doesn't can't use as much green as it can the blue that's that the metal halide is usually used to to get a lot of and so you can lose a lot of light intensity and not really notice because the human eye is very good at picking up green but the the plants don't aren't you know that's why it's that's why they're green well and that's it's all these things that i learned and that's some of the advantage of led lights is you can play around with it a little bit more and have some of that free movability without changing spectrums or you can change spectrums and so i think that leds will get to the point of quality of hps i think breeding is going to be a big play of it um and then once again really just driving to figure out what what causes what result and how do you get to that result consistently um because every good grower i know has great batches and not great batches not everyone hits you have so many issues with like hvac systems like dehumidification all things these break. things fail like they break you know like <laughs> yeah. mechanics are called out every single week at all the facilities so i think that um there's almost like a a, a terroir or, or good batches or bad batches good <laughs> years you know hey was it did it come from this crop like it was funny because before we came on this i was like hey do we have this batch like because there is a batch that just was like so tasty and i was like i wanted to bring that and unfortunately it was all sold but i was like fuck like that's the one i want you know like <laughs> do we have any of that left and it's it because it is a hit hit and miss on different runs like some runs just everything clicks and it's like incredible you know like the best thing out there and then other times it's not there and i think that's where the curators gets to come in and really find what they want and what they're looking for and um hopefully they start looking for a lot of other things besides just the purples uh 
But yeah, that's a seems what drives yeah, the market. Comes down to the now. consumer. Yeah, yeah. Not even up to the curators. I mean, Fuck, it like, is at a level. It, at a certain level, it is, but it's a very high level that not many are on. Yeah, meaning like you're making your own strains, you're working with breeders, you're, you know what I mean. Other than that, it's just like it is up to the consumer. You know. Do you do you feel like unless you want to be ten percent of the market, which right now in cannabis you won't exist. Yeah, that's true. Know right. That, yeah. You know? That's true. That's true. hundred percent. Uh, do you feel like you you see a change in the market for different types of flowers? Not in the near future. Not I think LCG is a new purple punch. <laughs> yeah. That's my opinion. It's true. <laughs> it is true. It's, my it's funny. It's everywhere we went, it's much we went, better everybody than purple punch. It. But it's like the new, that's like that's yeah. the wave. It's yeah. true. It is 100% it is. true. You know, like, and it's making its way to depths and all the other shit. So, like, to me, I like watch the wave and I'm like, okay, it's like taking its final forms. And we're probably going to see another couple of years, and then hopefully we'll fucking see a bunch of Z crosses. <laughs> there it is. Fucking there it is. tasty <laughs> shit. Because when we smoke these big ass joints, we want to taste it. Yeah, all mm. the way to the end. Yeah. Yep. Especially yeah. if I'm paying a thousand dollars an ounce. Right. Jeez. Yes. I want to taste every fucking hit. Yeah. Right. I want to be smacking my lips, licking my lips, looking to the side, being like, "God, you got to taste this shit." Yeah. Right. Damn. You're you know, correct. like that's really that's why I smoke all day long. Yeah. I don't smoke all people are like, oh, Potency. how do you smoke all day? Like, well, your tolerance gets so fucking high. Like, it's Damn. almost like cigarettes Damn. to an extent, like, yeah, exactly. it, you know, but you can change the variety. You can change what you're smoking. That's the cool part about cannabis. But the biggest thing I, I'm after is like I mix a lot of stuff with just straight Skittles. That's how I get around it. That's how I make, make my own little shit as a. As like a smoking curator, you can just get a strain mm-hmm. and then mix it with another strain. It's like, oh, this is high in flavor. This is high in potency and less flavor, higher potency. And just, you know, curate your own little situation. Would you want to pre-ground up? That. Make your own blend. Yeah. Would you yeah, want yeah, to pre-ground it. up? Oh. Or would you want it just like buds together in a, a I like, container? I like to know it's fresh. And, okay. You know, so like, like buds together in a yeah, container. And I you feel would like want to see a mix. That's actually up, a cool It idea. just ages so much faster. Yeah. Like it does. Pre-rolls That's why and I was this curious. and that. Yeah. Like, so I, I think, I think just, you know, but it's just being like able to idea. find some flower that you're like, you know, literally like every hit, you're just like, just sucking the air in your mouth. Like thinking like, damn, that tastes so good. Mm. Like, you wait, know, what, does that, can, what does what that taste he, like? And, and, and it's psychoactive. It's psychoactive. Yeah. We talk about that. That's the whole point of the show is that like, we realize that our first smoke of the day is, is we always have great conversations. If you're smoking good, fresh weed, mm-hmm. yeah. you'll have a great combo. I'm sure you guys can relate. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Joint, yeah, that's two hours in, you're like, holy fuck, we just talked yeah. about so much shit. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. And that's what it is, you know? But it's that psychoactive trait of good, fresh cannabis especially high in terpene flavor yeah you know yeah but yeah i think lcg is like it's uh everyone's looking everyone's looking it's gonna take time people think you can just come up with a new strain you know in a couple months yeah they see them come out <laughs> well i also hope that maybe as people pheno hunt they keep the those those phenos for themselves not to sound greedy in any sort of way. Well, but just like, so it hey, doesn't get blown out. Yeah, right? yeah. that way you have unique. It's some differentiation. For different yeah. It's heading like, to that. Everything's getting known. proprietary. Well, yeah. people could be known for what they're doing. Like, hey, this is something that is unique to you. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. like right now, it's 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 hard to do that just because of the demands. But maybe someday we'll get there. I'm not saying it's now, but maybe someday. Maybe you know, even That'd on a cool. small scale, and then you you know scale it up like that's how you launch your brand yeah like you guys want to launch a successful brand you need a successful strain 
Yeah. And, and it needs to be your own shit. Yeah. One of the reasons this guy right here, my man Doja is so good at what he does is because he's working with the top breeders, the top seed mate, all of them mm-hmm. to curate what he thinks will be good and then tasting it all. Every like and choosing know, the best of the best from a ton of different people. Yeah. That are all different walks of life. So it's like, that's the process behind it is like to, he, that's why he finds his strains. Yeah. And they throw parties and pro and people don't even realize the work. Well, he puts that, a work. Yeah, I was gonna that say shit that's what work, he does. He bro, puts the like work into work, finding work. the right batches within that those and lots. then blowing it up. Yeah, taking it to the people and making sure they taste it. So free game. That's what you got to do. That's true. If no one knows who you are, or no one's tried your product. No one is going to take your brand serious. A hundred percent. And especially if it's just another fucking this or that, mm-hmm. yeah. it needs to be its own shit at this point, or yes. it needs to be the best batch someone's ever seen. Right. Those yeah. are the only, it's like yeah. kind of making it in music. It's like, look, you either got to have a hit record or you got to have one of the best voices I've ever fucking heard or whatever one of the best stuff you know you got to hit all the notes yeah. it's yeah. gotta be it's, it's like you gotta, it's, it's gotta be grown spec basically but you could come out with a hit strain and blow your brand up and as long as the as long as the consumers like it and you get them to taste it you know it, i think it'll you could you could do something in cannabis still like it's wide open we're just beginning everyone's just so discouraged because it's been such a long journey just to get to the beginning right well yeah it's not we're not even we're not there. even we're not there even there yet <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. it's like yeah. there's too many great growers working for companies that they haven't gotten the opportunity to do their own thing all the way and i think that we're going to see a wave as legalization keeps moving forward and it gets easier for somebody to open up a cultivation without jumping through so many hit hoops I think we're going to see a change in the market and I, I I'm welcoming that change. You know, I think that's a, that's the future I hope to see where you get to have people that want to do this professionally, but never knew how to work all the channels to get licensed. And I think that the it's getting more socially acceptable. It's opening up um, more and more markets are opening up because they're legalizing it. I think as we get to these different steps, there'll be opportunity for us all to do exactly what we wanted to do without having to have that massive financial backing. Um, that's kind of the hope we'll see. What's cool is this is the first generation of kids growing up that could grow up and be like, I want to be a grower of cannabis. Yeah. Right. He came yeah. up, it was older cats and you didn't realize till you were way older, like, Oh shit, this is what's going on. Okay. Guys growing up now, it's like baseball players. You're like, man, that guy at that company and they grow that fire. It, it really will. I, in my opinion, it, it's going to become that where kids growing up. I'm not saying kids like small. I'm saying you're coming through high school and you're like, man, cannabis is dope. I want to do this for a living. I want to grow on a mass scale. I want to be like this guy right here or this brand or I want to be. This is the first generation of that. Be like Biggs yes. and Blackleaf. No, well, I'm just saying in general. I mean, Alien Labs, Preferred Gardens, Dave, LA Family Farms, you know, I yeah. mean, on and on and on. Sean Stizzy. So many badass growers, Jungle yeah. Boys, Ivan. Yeah. I mean, there's so many versions and they're all themselves, right? Yes, they're all unique. Yeah. yeah. Like it's baseball players. And if you're on the right team, your team blows up. You got the right grower with the right brand and the right backing with 100%. the right team. Boom. Now you're on. It's the same 100%. with Yankees. Yeah. I feel like it's becoming that where like younger generations now where that wasn't us, in my opinion, like very few people in high school were like, I want to be a grower. I didn't know any. Most of them were in like college or a little older in the homie. Now it's like you could be young and be like, I'm gonna build a I'm gonna build a billion dollar cannabis company. Yeah. That's like a real dream you that can have in high school going yes. into college mm-hmm. now. Yeah, that was right never now. a thing for us. Yeah. Yeah, straight up. It's kind of cool. 
It is crazy. cool. Yeah. I know? think it's inspiring. I yeah. think it's cool that there's opportunity still. In it. I think the cooler thing too that people often overlook is it's created a desire to like build opportunity for people to farm and learn more about another way to make money than the traditional routes. Like, and I think that that's opening up a lot of opportunity for people, people. to feel like freedom again, you know, like, Hey, you can start with just a light or two lights. Like you don't have to have 10 lights to be successful. You can do your thing. You could save your money and you could build successfully. Um, don't ever get discouraged because you're coming in in any step of the game. Like all that matters is you're playing. If you don't play the game, you can't win, you know? So, and I don't think it's about winning either. I think it's just about living a good life, you know, whatever that may look like. Um, so I think that for all of us out there is like, if we're living what's our dream, you know, I think Josh and I, what we've gotten to do and we get to talk about it, bringing back is like, we get to do something fun together. We get to share success with others. I think that, you know, I, I don't, he didn't express it all the way with his words, but he, when I talk to him about this fertilizer, it's because he truthfully wants other people to succeed. Like, hey, here's a product that I feel like I believe in and I want other people to succeed. Like if that's, and I feel like that if that's at the core of what you're doing in life, no matter what it is, if you're really wanting to bring good onto others, you know, then you will bring happiness in your own life and you're going to go through the trials and tribulations and stay true to your passion because of it. And in that, that's what will bring some sort of success, no matter what you do in life. If the passion's there and you love it, that's what's going to drive success more than anything. And I think that what I see when I talk to him and he gets excited about the things that he's finding and, 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 you know, reading about, and then uh, bless you. Um, then like actually applying, uh, it's, it's fun to be a part of that and get involved with it. And I think that's like what we share in a circle of, of all of us, you know, the fact that we knew each other, you know, for so long, like, it's not like just a little stint in time. It's, it's been an ongoing thing and we're all kind of coming back to those networks once again, because of, you know, the trust and the understanding and the, the true desire that we're not saying we're right. And I will say always like, we're not right on a hundred, a hundred percent of everything we're doing. We're learning every day. And if you could prove to me that this is what creates one result and we could repeat it time and time again, and that's how consistent your results are. Come let's, let's, let's socialize. Like let's share, like I'm an open book. I'll share what I'm doing. I'll tell you exactly how we're getting there. If you're going to do the same thing. Um, and then hopefully we could try it at both of our facilities and see, does it get the same results? And if it does, then we we're onto something, but you know, if we don't share and we're not like helping each other out and wanting each other to succeed and keeping some sort of uniqueness, you know, the genetics and other things like that to ourselves, um, and not just like seeing somebody else doing it and say, all right, I'm going to change everything that I do because I saw this person doing it. You'll never perfect. That's like fishing. You know, you're like, Somebody catches fish, you drive up, fish right next to him. Like, right? <laughs> that guy moves over to where you were yeah. and then like, oh, boom, there's a catch, walks back over. You're like, all right, you're never going to catch a fish <laughs> if you're always moving. But if you stay within what you're good at, like, that's what drives it. And if you're willing to help one another out, get there, it's never going to take from your success. It's only going to assist it. That's my opinion. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, that's, that's how it is. That is what it is, man. What's the future look like for JR Crop Tech? what's next for you guys 
don't know. I don't nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I know. Honestly, uh, I want to have another child. That's like something on my horizon. Congrats, um, it's amazing. I want to travel a little bit more. Yeah, that's uh, that's on the horizon for JR Crop Tech. Like we're Josh has get into kids. other other uh, countries and get into other countries with our fertilizer, but enjoy life. Like, yeah, dude, let it grow the right way. Grow what we've been doing by actually helping other people get better. And then they tell their friends like, oh, hey, these guys helped us out. And then we get to go help those guys out. And then we keep going, you know, it's that's how we've grown so far. So to get where we are now and and uh, the fertilizer is doing pretty well just by that people you know start using it and they're like oh i like that and then their buddy comes over oh how'd you grow that oh i was using this oh i'll try it too you know it that that's how i like it to grow i don't i don't, I don't want to spend a bunch of marketing dollars to, you know to have this big flashy release when nobody had tried it yet or anything you know like let it grow at least a little bit first before we spend any money on marketing i think what we care here's something that i i did you want to try it (laughs) you know i think what we care about is just organic growth because we want to enjoy life like yeah josh he spends so much time with his kids he's a great father was an inspiration to me when i was going to have kids (laughs) thank you i've gotten to be around a lot of good dads which is great so like you get inspired to want to have kids and be a part of that um, and I think that as we look at what we've done with JR Crop Tech, it's not, we didn't open it because we wanted to become millionaires. We opened it because we wanted to live a good life and share what we're doing with others. And if there's a way that we could win together, by all means, let's do it. You know, like that's, that's what I think. That's um, why we do consulting and we like, yeah. you know, we're selling the fertilizer now just to help people as much as they they need it for if somebody, getting their operation into a way they can they can be profitable and keep going you know so they can keep trying out the new thing and keep trying this you know if somebody watching right now needed you guys to come through and consult what's the best way to reach out get with you dms our, our our website has our phone numbers like we're yeah, available give, on someone give them your info give them yeah, uh, websites just jrcroptech.com and there's I think there's what a contact yeah there's a contact or information like that I mean, yeah. Everybody has my phone number anyway, 760-638-0385. I've had it forever. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. That number's out there. Damn. That's crazy, bro. Like That's just going to cost you right there. Bleep <laughs> <laughs> him out, and then they get that on the Patriot. No. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, uh, our information's out there so far. Not for sure. You can What's search me, Ramsey Nubani. Like, yeah, mine's Josh. Newinger. Josh. We're not really underscore Newlinger. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have much creativity in making up names. <laughs> what's uh, our crop tech is josh ramsey what's your crop tech, you know? uh my name so ramsey nubani at ramsey nubani r-a-m-s-e-y-n-u-b-a-n-i yep i was a spelling bee champion what was there your- you go <laughs> josh underscore newlinger yeah. okay josh is n-e-u-l-i-n-g-e-r okay easy enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> i could have tagged that but, one i mean yeah, look, yeah we're, interesting names. we're easy to access if you don't have followers by the way on instagram you're not getting accepted at this point like so if you have just an account just to like troll shit around troll yeah you're not getting oh, you accepted. mean like post or whatever i've you been like post? making an effort now to go through every fucking one because there's some assholes out there if you follow me follow me because you actually want to enjoy and work together like don't follow me because you want to see what I'm doing. The, the grass is just as green on your side. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, please, like it's beautiful looking, you know, <laughs> but uh, if you want to follow us and you want to join like what we're doing and be a part of it, by all means, come out there. Like we're here. Like we want to have fun with everybody. We want to win together. Uh, 
So if you want to ask questions on, you know, we're, we, we're pretty much an open book, especially I me. Mean, I tend to answer every question I get. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, I spend way too post. much time on it, but, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, we're yeah. out, we have, we have lives, so don't get upset if we don't answer right away. Be respectful. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, once again, like if you respect my time, I'll respect your time. And sorry, once again, that's why it's so big on me that like, dude, I got to tell you guys, dude, these you guys, guys sat around <laughs> for two hours for us. Yeah. They don't get that part of the show. Right. No, no. Like, they don't get, they don't get accidents in LA like, makes the, make things like, stop for like good. hours. Bro, it's like, crazy. Killed us. And we were like debating, how do you, like, how do, you do, do that all the time? The it's I'm sure it? that They're happens all the time. Us. Like, yeah. Josh, I hate keeping people waiting for us. It's like a I know. I, it drives me nuts. Yeah. And so we're sitting there. I thought you guys were on a fucking tractor or something. Yeah. I wish, man. What the fuck is going on? Actually, we probably have got here faster because we could have just gone off the road and not got pulled over la's crazy yeah, one more thing yeah crazy. estelle farms is a, my other company as well if you guys want cbd products cbm products i'm going to bring some to the event for you guys so that you guys can have it and try it out um i i, I swear by my cbg that's what i like everybody's body is different so you got to do what works for you um but it's something different you know we we're producing flour i'm still trying to find the right genetics right now it's fun to go through um a lot of good terps you know uh, it's, I like to mix it at times just cause if I'm got a lot of work going on, it keeps me a little bit more lucid where I'm not like, you know, off all the way off, but I get to enjoy the whole joint. Um, kind of like you were saying, mixing for the Terps, like it's kind of mixing for the Terps. Um, and I think that as you go through and you find ones that really like you enjoy, it's nice to mix it with your other strains as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the last, where do they, where do they find that or where, where can they uh, get you can that? go to estellefarms.com. So E S T E L L F A R M S.com. And then, uh, just have to be over the age of 21. <laughs> Boom. Estellefarms.com. JR crop tech, Josh and Ramsey. We appreciate you guys. Thank you guys. Thanks, Thanks for having us out. No, really, yeah. I really appreciate Thank you. you guys waiting around for us. I get Dude, you guys were, it's, yeah, yeah I felt it's horrible all good. about that. Yeah. Nah, it's not <laughs> Shout out to you guys. Like, you brought great job on everything yeah. you're doing. Oh, like, thank you. Appreciate it's, you It's guys, so much man. fun to watch. It's and cool see that you this grow. was able to come full circle. It yeah. Is, like, the it? way we met and just hmm. everything, bro. Yeah. Shout out to Sam for the introduction. Yeah, man. Yeah. My, my buddy loved your guys' flower. That's how this all came about because these guys grew great herb. So, like, you know, connections come from like, Hey, beautiful. Hey, yeah. <laughs> that's actually not, <laughs> Michelle was my assistant. Oh, that's right. Exactly. That is true. <laughs> but the flower is what pushed it all the way through because Sam was like, yo, this flower is no, awesome. No. They were like, the designs are crazy. You <laughs> <laughs> see me and this dude go back and forth <laughs> at it. No, uh, man. Much love. Thank Josh and Ramsey, episode 82, JR Crop Tech. First smoke of the day. We out. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine, the diamondmine.la, California source for boutique genetics, powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the diamondmine.la and we're gonna offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter, and see if you could rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The diamondmine.la, powered by Blackleaf.